So I guess I can't tell that same joke again about Otis Sears, uh, perfectly round, bald, uh, hat block head being able to stretch a, uh, a fur over it to make a hat. <laughs> I am jealous. Have y'all, have y'all seen, what do y'all think? I told you shit, but what do y'all think? I can get a fur over. You get a hair, you could get a, you could get a hat, hair over that. Yeah. All right. You may just want to oh, yeah. go. You may just want to go down to Sally Blue Beauty Supply and get him a wig and just stretch over there. Anyway, he needs some hair. So uh, with all that, he can tell you a story about that later when you get to him. All right. Well, all that being said, we are live. Three, two, one, zero. zero You're listening to the Knives Templars. Get ready, y'all. We Bobby Boucher. You. Piece off of the wagon that Sam Houston used to take JFK to the moon. <laughs> I like that. Pinto sauce. Pinto sauce. You're tuned in to the Knives Templars podcast featuring Odysseer Special Sauce Pinto. I was, I was a mean kid. Long time listener, first time caller. Eric T.R.E. Rivers. Holy crap, I built something. Don the Train Watson. I can pay off all my credit cards and beef junkie credit line at Bucky. Joey the Riot Terrier. Caution delay will make you smack your lips and anyone getting too close to your plate. Mark the Salad. You drinking my soupy? And Chip Shagman Carlisle. And now broadcasting alive, it's the Knives Tempers. Coming to you live from Porkhouse Studios located in Hartsville, Alabama and other U.S. locations. This is the Knives Templars Podcast. We are the coolest knife-making podcast on the planet, and we are downloaded around this big blue marble in over 24 countries. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide in all of your favorite apps and at KnivesTemplars.com. Well, let me tell you, Mr. Mark B. Vaxxasalo, I have cut two hours out of my editing time because these days... I just run all this stuff live and you get to listen to it and everybody gets to laugh at themselves. So, yep, the commercials and uh, all of that's run live now. So with that being said, guys, welcome to episode 37 of the Knives Templars. We've come a long way. I'm going to tell you what we always tell you. We are the best podcast made to teach you rising and established makers like me as well, how to uh, pave your way into knife making as a hobby or a business. We are now heard in over 34 countries. Eric Rivers says, hold my uh, lemonade. I'm heard in over 38,000 yeah. households. <laughs> so, um, that... <laughs> so, uh, so what's uh, 34 times 1000. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I need a lot more. I don't know if there's that many more countries, but, um, Anyway, hey, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show and making us one of the best podcasts out there for you guys, our knife makers. Uh, and I want you, if you take this time, look over on the uh, podcast software you're using and click subscribe because we want you to uh, be able to see when one of our shows comes out. And also, if you subscribe, it gives you the ability to leave comments, send me insults, send me uh, kudos, tell everybody uh, how good looking uh, Don looks on radio. And uh, he will appreciate that. He's got a face for radio. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, do. this episode really is do. actually titled the Dennis Tyrell family fun two hour episode. And I can't find <laughs> Dennis Tyrell. 
I'm sending him messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. if he pops in it in if he pops in at any time dennis come on in come on in if not we'll catch you next time but with that being said i do want to say one thing dennis was coming on tonight to talk about uh something that they're working on uh and, and i will let him talk about that later but what i do want to express to you that we're going to dedicate this episode in memorial to um uh, a soldier, uh, Bobby Allen Rankin. He's the son of a well-known knife maker, Bob Rankin, who uh, tragically left us in, on May 25th. Uh, Dennis is going to share a little bit uh, and more in tribute in the acts of love taking place to support Bob and his family. Uh, but but like so many soldiers, um, he, he left the military after many years in his career, and, and then we tragically lost him after that. So prayer for him and the Rankin family. And also, I, I hope for you guys to see what um, what Dennis and several other makers have going on. Guys, have you been to KnivesTemplars.com lately? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. There's been, yes some cha- there's been some changes out there. We've got two new guest hosts. That would be Big Hand Dave, Big Hand Dave, and Jason Fry, Big Hand Dave. and uh, they are filling hosts. So you'll see them yep. out there now. Additionally, uh, we got uh, Six Gen Forge out there signed up as a uh, knife, part of the Knives Templars Nation, and uh, he's got uh, products and supplies that he sells. He's also forging and making knives. So uh, you want to? We'll hear a little bit more about him later. But I want you guys to take an opportunity to uh, check out our website. Here's the, here's the interesting part. Here's the interesting, there, is there a mouse running around in the studio? Mm-hmm. Thought I heard, I thought I heard a mouse. Huh? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all hear a mouse? There he is again. Yeah. God, uh-huh. Watch this. All right, I just put that. Ma- I just, I just mu- muted that mouse. So talk all you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring you back. <laughs> we have a very special guest tonight, and they are calling us from a um, from a silo in Kansas. Uh, uh, they make hats in an old silo down in there. And uh, it, actually, the silo is only about probably 12 feet deep, uh, but they are actually underground calling tonight. So uh, we'll get back to them in just one second. Anyway, <laughs> I, I got off. Let me get back. So if you go to KnivesTemplars.com, you can sign up to uh, be part of the Knives Templars Nation. You can come on there and send me your logo, send me your website address, your Instagram address, or whatever you got, and we'll point people back to what you have to offer way in the way of knives, whether that be um, supplies, you're a knife maker, or just whatever. Go to KnivesTemplars.com and, and do that. Guys, how you doing tonight? Don? I'm doing good, Chip. How about you, buddy? I am hot. I thought it was hot in... Uh, Florida, we I think we may have you beat. It's going to be a hundred degrees here tomorrow, and they're telling us just to stay inside. I don't know what they did a hundred years ago. I'm not staying inside, but it's hot. No, I don't know. You either, stay, right? Are you are you staying inside these days? It's got to be hot in Florida. Uh you. I have air conditioner in the shop, so I kind of, I kind of stay in the shop. So that's pretty nice. Well, that's good. You got an air conditioning shop? 
Yes, I do. You have arrived yeah. when you have an moly. <laughs> yeah. I saw Dennis Tyrell was uh yeah. Dennis Tyrell was doing his shop uh air conditioning his shop today as a matter of fact. Matter of fact, that might be where he's at right now running those wires. Yeah, he got a Mr. Cool. Yeah, I saw that. Now it looks like Odysseus popped back in and Odysseus from Laurel Maryland and in Laurel Maryland they've just had a terrible storm go through so Otis here are you with us for the moment yeah we'll excellent see. excellent we have a, excellent. a lot of lightning a lot of wind going on right now so power is iffy the lights keep on flashing so every time it flashes I lose the wi-fi yeah gotcha yeah yep yeah well well, what you need is a couple good D-cell batteries just to put in between. Unplug your uh, outlet, cut the wire <laughs> in half, and uh, hold. you sit there and hold those batteries to the positive and negative end of that wire and have your wife plug it back in. <laughs> grow his hair. There you go. I might try it after the, uh, <laughs> after the catch. Grow hair. <laughs> he, might have to try that too. He, he'll grow some hair back. No, people, please don't do that. Mark, what's going? What's going on in South Alabama, brother? From yeah, the, you know, it's it's state. warm. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's just as warm, I think, uh, or, or close to it down here. Been busy at work, and uh, you know, just uh, getting a little time in the shop this week. Little is the is the appropriate word, but uh, it's some is better than none. You got a swamp cooler in that shop? Um, so I have a little portable uh, air conditioner that I vent vent out the window. It's it's really only like a what twelve by sixteen shed, uh, but uh, you know I I have one of those inside uh, AC units that I that I duck out the window. So uh, it, it doesn't cool it off. But if I'm uh, uh, hand sanding or filing and I blow that thing right on me, then uh, then then it makes it bearable. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm I'm not quite sure. What to do in my shop? I turn on a barn fan, and all it does is blows the heat back around. So I'm, I feel I feel like I'm actually in one of those uh, convection ovens rather than. <laughs> I feel that. Eric Rivers. Yep. Eric Rivers says, "Hold my beer. Yeah. Let me talk to you about heat." That's right. I feel that though, man. I, yeah, I put my. Yeah. I had to take my fan out of my top corner of my shop because basically what it was doing is it was blowing all the hot air back on me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, now now I've got it set up to where it's basically at my entryway of my shop, and it's just blowing. It, it's blowing the one hundred and ten degree air that's out of outside my shop into my shop and cooling my shop off. Right. Because wow. the, yeah, hundred and ten degrees outside is a lot cooler than one hundred and twenty five uh, steel air in my shop. You know what I mean? And uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll be out there this weekend forging a Integral Brolster uh, cleaver, and it's it's gonna be spicy out there. I got bold and I tried uh, making my first Integral this week. It didn't go as well. I'll share some <laughs> pictures later, but you know, got close. Got nice, close. nice. You're making. You said your first Integral this week. Yep. Oh wow. Well, that's okay. Got close, you're, you're got close. To, it didn't work you're close as to. nice as Eric's, but, you know, got close. Well, I may, I've got the same I, you story. Know, I may be able to salvage still. Nice. That's good. I've got the same story. I called Eric this week and said, man, you just put out this great video on handle shaping. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you've inspired me. I'm going to go home and do it. And three hours later, I said, yeah, he was well, live. I watched it. I watched it. Yeah. But, but let, let's just, well, this is the 40 minute video of him handle shaping. And let's just say when I got done, 
he was so nice. He was like, well, that's a nice looking handle. He didn't, he didn't say, uh, <laughs> it, it looks like you squeezed the Play-Doh a little too hard, <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but it's just like you're integral and everything. It's all, it's all about getting there. Okay. Hey, uh, we've all been busy. It's hot. It's nice to sit down and have a cool one tonight. And we know what's on the menu. If you're a regular listener, we're going to give you a little brew review got some great news and useful information coming in from some very special guests tonight. We are still on Dennis Tyrell watch and we are going to try to have him in here shortly. And, uh, and if not, we will get him on at another time. And, uh, and then we'll, uh, got some questions and answers and, and by gosh, one of the discussion this week is handle shaping. <laughs> Cause how about that? <laughs> oh, well, when, as soon as I got done making my handle, which it looks nice. It just didn't look like the one Eric finished. So I said, well, that's a topic this week. Eric's going to have to talk about it a little bit more. I think I rushed it. So, uh, hey, brew review. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me just go ahead since we got a we got a full house. We got Mr. Stephen Prather in here from uh, Louisiana tonight. Stephen, you with us? Yes, sir. I'm right here. How are you today? Doing good. Stephen uh, is going to be talking to us a little bit later about Louisiana and Custom Knife Show. And we've also got, you know, that mouse I was talking to you about? Well, he's the coolest guy in the world, man. Ain't he? If, he's got a, if he tells you he's got an enemy, he's lying to you. And I don't think he's a liar. So, got Little Grizz. Excuse me, What's that? Excuse me, Yeah, we got Little Grizz and Ms. <laughs> Joy from New Almeo, Kansas. Amalo. Amalo. Well, I was going to try that, but that seemed too easy. So there I go. They just kind of drop one of the L's. Is that it? <laughs> We've got a couple they, places. They, they just quit saying it somewhere gotcha. along the way. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're going to jump. We'll go around tonight. We're going to jump into that brew review. So, uh, Don, Don's drinking cow cow. Thanks, Don, for letting us know. You got it, buddy. Cow cow. <laughs> uh how is <laughs> the you. how is the cow cow tonight don it's really smooth and, and it's just really nice hey don do you do, really do, you, do you always have the same because i found they have like a dozen flavors or so uh on the on the cow cow site there uh you know yeah, do you always yeah, go with the do. same they flavor do. or have you branched out to to uh ex- more exotic i've had them I, yeah i've had oh, them all right. have you tried i've tried, tried nice. them all have you tried and, uh, the cow cow with a shot of tequila Oh no, I don't drink tequila. <laughs> I don't drink. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> well, no, but no, I've had it all. Uh, the double chocolate is what I like the best. So, yeah, it's more expensive though. You know, yeah, yeah, because it's the favorite. Like it. <laughs> yep. Sounds like you guys need to start a uh, the Cow Cow podcast. Y'all got quite the game. Right. You got your game there going. You go. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I I do all my coffee drinking in the morning and up through lunch, and then. We all know what coffee does to you. So, uh, oh my gosh, look, guys, look, guys. Oh, here's Dennis. Here's Dennis. Look hey. at what just popped in. He oh. does exist. I, I don't know yeah, if the I, I don't know if the listeners can right see in. it. <laughs> the listeners can't see it, but we just had Dennis Tyrell with two L's on the show notes. Dennis, I put one L for some reason, and that's, that's it. How you reason. spell it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, Canada. So I know. I know. I can sing the song. Keep I'm going. Keep fan. going. Well, that's as much. Uh, as yeah, I, I knew it. 
<laughs> Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. You know that one? Hockey night in Canada. Stomping Tom. Stomp, stomping Tom Connors. I lived actually a little bit north of the Canadian border. What? I lived a little oh, north you of the Canadian border. For, yeah. I lived north of the Canadian border for 13 years. But did you live in Canada? No, I lived north of the Canadian border for 13 years. What does that mean, Alaska? No, I lived in Detroit. Oh. Oh, God. That's a different country. <laughs> we, had to, we had to drive south to go across the Windsor Bridge. So I always love doing that to my – now, you guys are smart. All of my buddies I grew up with just totally – they locked up like an old Windows computer, and I had to restart them because they couldn't understand that. So welcome to the show, Dennis. We're uh, – we're going around talking about drinks tonight, and Don's drinking cow cow, which is a which is a derivative of the leather tanning process. Dennis, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking ice cold Corona because <laughs> it's there. You All go. Right. Hey, right. how you doing? Right. You I've go. been installing that air conditioner for the last two hours, so I'm still sweating. And now, is it installed mm. yet? Is it more difficult than than they want you to believe, or is it just? No, I had to take a break. I had to uh, clean the pool filters for my wife and her friends to swim. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know that most of the time we start things on our house, and usually there's something hiding under the brick or the wood that, uh, or the craftsman that was there didn't square things up like you thought he would. That uh, usually tends in another two or three hours and a few more trips to Lowe's. So. I've already been to Lowe's twice today, so. Uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. V Max, uh, hey, oh, what are you drinking, bud? You know, I I, uh, I I found, and I think you had it on once on the show there before uh, Chip. It's uh, um, straight to L, Brother Joseph's Belgian style double L. And so, uh, yeah, I'm actually impressed. You know, I think you gave it some good good hops on the rating, I and uh, I, I will agree with that now that I've uh, had my first try. It's good stuff. I'm. Um, I'm pleased to hear that. I, I'm not a big IPA fan. I'll drink. Uh, I like stouts and L's and porters, uh, but um, that that is a good one. Um, Stephen, we know that Otis here is drinking uh, one of those uh, Corona beers. Eric, you're drinking lemonade. Uh, something a little bit different today. Uh, it what almost the same, but it is uh, lemonade and peach moonshine. Ooh. Oh, no, sir. no, no yeah, way. I got some for my cousin. Yeah. You, you are, sh- you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> I, I just, we're going to come back to that. Mark, I finished up my blueberry shine from oh. our buddy this week. Oh. And look at that smile. Look I, at the smiling. smile off your face. That's good. I, I, Man. You know, it's a memory. Definitely. I'm gonna go stomping. I'm gonna go stomping through the woods and go try to clean out the inside of his steel with a scraper and bring it back <laughs> home and make cake out of it or something. But uh, man, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that. I'm I'm down to uh, just a big old bottle of Bullet Bourbon right now. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself trying to drink that nasty stuff. <laughs> bullets, bullets, some good stuff. I do see there's a blue moon in the air tonight. Stephen took a drink there, and Stephen, you're. Yep. Join that great Louisiana beer, Blue Moon. Oh yes, sir! Absolutely, that's my that's pretty much my go to right there. Where do they? Uh, I like where did Red they, Stripe or Blue Moon? Now, where do they where do they brew Blue Moons at? Uh, no, that's Golden, Colorado. There you go. Oh. 
Yeah, Colorado. Yeah. That's a, that's, a little, that's a little south of Louisiana. Well, you know those Coronas, they, they throw a lime in theirs. Do you throw a crawdaddy in your top of your bottle and let it hang over the edge? A little shrimp over the edge? That sounds like a good idea. That Normally would, you're supposed to drink it with an orange slice, but uh, that crawfish sounds pretty good too. I'm telling you what, even in Alabama, if you showed up at a party holding a beer with a shrimp hanging out the top of it, had a little sprinkle of uh, paprika on it, That'd be cool. So, Eric, you're drinking moonshine. When'd you fall off the? Uh, when'd you fall in the still? Um, I, we we had a uh, we had like a little family reunion, and one of my cousins brought some of it for us. So, I thought I'd try it out. It's really good. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I can tell by the look on your face. Now, guys, we we have the the reason for NASCAR, and uh, the reason that uh, well. His ancestors used to run Moonshine for the great, uh, what was that mobster's name uh, that uh, back in the 30s from Chicago? Al Capone. Al Capone. Yeah, yeah. Little Grizz and his family used to run liquor for Al Capone. Little Grizz, what you drinking tonight? Uh Uh-huh. We're looking. What in the world does that say? Genesee light. Genesee light. I've never heard of a Genesee light. We hadn't either. We looked it up, and they've actually won a lot of awards for their other beers, not for their light. Oh, yeah, it's like the cheapest possible beer that you can find in West Kansas. Oh, all right. So is it a, is it a Kansas? Oh, Louisiana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve. Wait a minute. We're taking it right that on there. Steve, Stephen, Stephen has a uh, table he wants to sell you to come down and sell hats at the Louisiana Custom Knife Show. So uh, we'll talk about it. Texas, that's half of Texas. There you go. I see that. I see that. So Little Grizzle will be back on a little bit later. But guys, I'm going to go ahead and jump into some news here. And uh, and and Dennis, you're coming on the show. We said this a little bit earlier, and we're going to have you on as part of the maker's mark but this show is dedicated and memorial to uh your good friend and, and others uh friend bob rankin uh bobby adam rankin and we mentioned um his passing and uh we're gonna give you the as much of the show as you want to talk about that because it's a wonderful uh thing the knife making community is pulling together to support uh the rankin family so just wanted to catch you up on that that we didn't miss that opportunity cool guys we yes sir guys uh Here's the news tonight. Uh, I want to let you know that on September the 9th, 2023, the Louisiana Premier Knife Show is going to be taking place. Consisting of multiple vendors, the Louisiana Custom Knife Show is sponsored by, well, oh, wait, wait. Let's go ahead ahead and cut to our, uh, I think we've got a reporter in the field. Are you there? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. There he is. Stephen Prather. President hey, of the how's it going, everyone? Now let's get the president of the Louisiana Custom Knife Makers Association. Yes, sir. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about yes. your upcoming show, sir. Uh, this is our this is our fourth annual show we're doing this year. Uh, we are getting bigger and better every year. We're up to I think we got seventy seven vendors, and we still got guys signing up. Um. Every every day, uh, we're still still taking applications. We still got a few more tables we can sell to sell out this venue. Uh, we started this show off about three years ago in the back. I, I, don't, I can't even call it a warehouse in the 
in the back room of a gun store. There was, I think, 20 tables we had, and it was strictly Louisiana makers. And we've we've grown and grown, and I think we're up to. We, we started allowing other states in a couple of years ago, and I think we have like six or seven states right. coming to the show this year. So that's I'm really happy about that. Well, we know our, our buddy uh, Chris Jones, uh, Sarah, with Sikowski Scales, and yep. uh, who's that other guy? The Riot? That, uh, I think you heard him before, Joey. Joey Terrio, I think his name Terriot. is. I think first time he was on our first show, I called him Joey Terriot, and everybody laughed at me. Terriot. So, uh, yeah, Joey Terrio, they're going to be showing, man, they've been making some beautiful knives. But um, so you you are you, – you, your association sponsors this and puts it on. Now, Ethan Lee is involved in it with you? Ethan, Ethan Lee is actually the vice president of the association. Yeah. And he's he's gonna have a table there. We got we got a great list of of vendors. We last few years have all been pretty much makers, and we we worked on getting some actual vendors. We got Pops Knife Supply this year. Right. We got we got uh, Terry Dunn with TNT. Um, we got um, Texas Knife Steel Mike Turner, and we got Sarah as you you mentioned before. Um, we got Paragon coming in this year. All right. Yeah. And, uh, Nichols Damascus is always there with, with Mr. Bird. So that's, that's good. So who else coming over from pops? You got, uh, uh, probably a couple of them. We got, I think we got the whole bunch. We got Alan, Andy, uh, Joey and Dirk. Well, I think fig- oh, Dirk will be great. I, I figured yeah. that uh, Andy was coming for sure because number one, he needs to bring you some pepper sauce. Number one, number two, is that uh, he is a Cajun. So yeah, he's 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 originally from right down the road. Yeah. So yeah, so, great uh, great to have him there. So uh, you said that you're a collector of knives. Have you, you have not actually made a knife, or you've made a knife, or? I have not made anything. I, I leave it up to the professionals. I've been collecting since 1988, and I've been offered to, hey, come to the shop this weekend. I'll teach you. And I've been in parts of hammer-ins and knife-making classes that our association does. And like I said, I, I leave it up to the professionals. I, I know my limits. Oh, that's fine. But I'm thinking Ethan Lee's your buddy, right? Oh, yeah. He lives about five miles away from my me. goodness i'd be taking advantage of that big time but yeah. it sounds like you are you've probably got a couple ethan lee uh knives or two don't you uh, i actually have a couple in the collection i have about 400 custom knives in my collection well right let me now. let me ask you this do you have a uh tyrell uh one of those ones with all of that gold uh no i do not I, <clears throat> no i do not i do not i need i need that in my collection though well i i do hear yeah. that dennis tyrell does not remake knives that he's made before so don't ask <laughs> um, okay it's in writing i've seen it i read it and uh but but it doesn't mean that he won't make a golden maybe gold and platinum and silver all mixed well, in with one. diamonds so you just never know you know <laughs> with, diamond. with diamonds and the my only regret in seeing that beautiful knife is that i didn't get a chance to spit on it i spit on kyle royer's knife <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. i lubrication it is it is it, uh, i was actually just trying to use the acid in my saliva to kind of um you know uh, enhance the edging 
Well, I was going to, I was talk, going more with an etch, a patina, but he, yeah, he, he but, but Tyrell, uh, Tyrell, I mean, uh, Royer, he, uh, he wiped the he t- he wiped it away before it could patina. I was really I was really surprised. I thought he was going to just uh, you know put that on the shelf and and keep it there since it has uh, your mark on it now. I was surprised that you didn't uh, punch me. Say <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, we can't take him anywhere. So uh, so this is going to be on September the 9th in is it Gonzalez? Gonzalez, Louisiana. And yes, sir. Is the is it the fourth or fifth? Fourth annual fourth, show, uh, Louisiana Custom Knife Show, and it's put on by the Louisiana Custom Knife Makers Association. And I will tell you what, guys, they do they do some great work. They got some great guys. Who are some of the guys out of Louisiana? That uh, is Randy Gaston. Uh, Randy Caston is Mississippi, but oh, okay. Randy Caston will be at the show. He's going to be there. Yeah. Okay, that's what I saw. Yeah. But there's a lot of very talented knife makers uh, that are going to be there, um, and uh, it's just exciting. How many tables you got left open to sell? Uh, we just did – I thought we were at our limit, but we just did a little modification to our drawing, and it looks like we could fit about 20 more tables in there. Oh, excellent. So oh, I, would, excellent. I would love to sell this show out. All That'd right. be awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to try and start bottling some spit right now and come down and sell my, uh, <laughs> you know, they are selling gator piss and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to call it, what's a good name for this? Shegman sauce? Shegman sauce? Shegman <laughs> there sauce. you go. Perfect. <laughs> no, I do. I do plan to come down. Uh, I do plan to come down and spend the day and look forward to getting to know you. So, hey, uh, anything else you want to add to it? Oh, no, that sounds great. Looking forward to having you at the show. Last thing. Hey, what are y'all serving for food down there? Jambalaya and gumbo. There you go. There you go. There you go. The real stuff, my friends. Stephen, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show, and please stick with us. You can stick with us for the next hour and a half because we're going to be here having fun, and and you may be able to answer some some questions for us because we like your accent. It sounds cool. Just do me one one favor. Say, chew him. Shoot him. No, I love it. I love it. There you go. I love it. Now, we have another one to talk about. Guys, did y'all see my little postings out there this week? And I've hit YouTube wearing, I've been wearing beavers on my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah. Beavers on your head and something on nice. your lip. I, I don't. Well, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a second, okay. but. <laughs> All I have to say is Chip's got two new big brown beavers and I like to wear them on my head. Okay. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that. I like Primus just so you know. And Winona's got a big brown beaver wasn't their best song. Say hello, say hello to beef over the waterfall. There's, um, there's so many good Primus songs, but, but I did get beaver hats. And uh, before we're talking about beaver, no, I didn't shave the hats and glue to my nose or glue under my nose. I um, have been known to wear a two foot long beard for many, many years. And unfortunately, I lost that beard in a uh, snowmobiling accident um, in Arizona. There was, I was in South Arizona um, and uh, we were running across some rocks and the next thing I know, I burned my beard off. Anyway, I lost my beard, and, and uh, hopefully it'll all heal up, and I'll be able to grow it back here in the next year or two. But uh, I have come back. The mustache has come back out. And while my wife says, you look like a World War II fighter pilot that just got discharged from the Air Force. 
for drinking too much. Um, I don't know. I like my facial hair. I like it. So it is what it is. But what's important here, guys, y'all sit down, hold on to your seats because it's about to get wild and crazy. And I think before it gets wild and crazy, we just need to take a little break and talk about, we talked about the big brown beaver hats, right? Talk about Oleg's wood now. Oleg Bashevik has been making stabilized wood and other supplies for knife makers for almost a decade. His stabilized wood products have been used by many of the best and most well-known knife makers in the world. This wood, when turned into knife parts, are stable to humidity, water, snow, oils, and other materials that would prematurely wear out a knife handle. He works out of his shop in Tula, Russia, and produces natural wood products that are as beautiful as Russia's famed Fabergé eggs. Knife makers around the world will tell you that his blocks should not be cut and placed on display. Oleg has distribution centers in Russia and in the United States. He's shipping right out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, so if you're looking for something in the States, you can have it in just a few days. I guarantee you'll be excited to get your package that comes wrapped beautifully, already polished, so that you can see the most beautiful grain and colors that he impregnates into each piece of wood. You can find Oleg not only on Facebook, but you can also find him at knife-wood.com. That's knife-wood.com on the internet. Go out and take a look at Oleg's products. I'm guaranteeing you, you'll be happy to put them on your next knife. And now back to the show. And I had Lawrence, I had Lawrence reach out to me like two hours ago. He's starting to carry uh, Oleg's wood on uh, Maritime Knife Supply. Nice. That, that, that is wonderful. And the fact that you said that, you know, (laughs) have you been swimming today, Dennis? Uh, In sweat, but no. (laughs) Oh, because typically we have somebody that swims up to Maritime each week and uh, picks up an order for us. But while while we're waiting here, hey. Hey, guys. Have you been to Maritime Knife Supply? They're located at MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. They're Canadian knife supply specialists with thousands of happy customers. International shipping, handle materials, steel abrasives, belts and sanders, heat kilns, tools, and much, much more. You can find them at MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca today see dennis we love the canadians <laughs> who doesn't love canadians <laughs> right <laughs> everybody loves can there's nothing not to love about we used to go to uh where did you live in canada uh, near toronto oh <laughs> uh, okay so we used to go into sarnia oh, i know sarnia. across the bridge yeah. into sarnia, and, and head into windsor and head up that way because you know living on the detroit side i actually live north of detroit but yeah uh we love to go to canada because number one it was very safe it was a beautiful environment and uh uh, my son, when he was about three years old, we went to a restaurant and he said to the lady, he goes, your chicken is very good in Canada. She goes, we get it from the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got good chicken too. But uh, anyway, we were a little let down. So with all that, yeah, check out Maritime Knife Supply, guys. He's a great, great uh, provider of products on both sides of the border and maybe then some. Uh, I know he ships internationally as well. So while we're here, I do have somebody else I want to bring in the show. And as I was saying, I want you all to hold on to your seats. It could get wild. You know, there's a lot of tornadoes that shoot through uh, the Kansas and up through the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They do. I've got one for you here right now. We have got... The great little Grizz and Joy, and, and and just to give them a little segue, uh, Miss Grizz, we should call her. Uh, 
back in late 2022, I started looking to get rid of uh, my old hats uh, that were worn out and one that I'd worn for years. And I went searching for a hat and found one. And a guy up in um, Maryland made it for me. And it's a beautiful hat, but it wasn't quite what I was looking for. And while I still have it, I'm going to actually gift it to my son because he likes it. Um, around Christmas, I started looking again. And I found this hat and these folks, they responded so quickly. And in about eight weeks, I had the most beautiful hat and sitting on the beach back in May, I couldn't stand it, needed another one. And now I've ended up with two. So I've got the great little Grizz and I've got Ms. Joy with Hats by Grizz made with joy. How are you guys this evening? We are doing capital. Peachy. Peachy. And you were... (laughs) <laughs> and, and we are talking to you from the basement uh, of your shop in New Amelo, Kansas, correct? Oh, yes. Look around. Can you... so, it's not a video for everybody else, Oh, I'm <laughs> it's only for y'all. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah, the video is just for us, little Grizz. But, uh, oh, but, but, but here, here, here is my, here's my thing. This is why I like your hats. And I wanted to bring you on a knife making show. Number one is because you sponsor my knife brand, but also you uh, are a handmaker of, of handmade products here in the United States. And, and I believe in handmade products from all over the world. But when we get flooded with so much junk from other countries, um, and most knife makers will know you see it when you go into the Sunoco store sitting on the roundabout right there at the counter and you can pick out, well, Stephen, you probably don't have any of those Sunoco knives, do you? No, I, I do not. No. So do so not. when you can find something handmade, Joy and Grizz, tell us a little bit about how y'all make knives, or knives, hats, and what makes them special, and your style of hats. You go ahead. You do that. Okay. Well, um, I like to be the spokesperson for my dear husband. Um, he has been making hats by hand for over 50 years. He's going to make me laugh. Um, we say he's been shaping hats for over 70. Because um, he, we've got pictures of him when he was about three years old where he had shaped his grandpa's hat <laughs> and to a different shape from watching, what was it, Captain Kangaroo. Uh-huh. He loved watching Captain Kangaroo. And Captain Kangaroo would take a hat and go become another person or go on an adventure. And that is what kick-started Lil Grizz's love of hats. And I, I know you guys are passionate about knives, and I can tell you that there cannot be another person in the world more passionate about hats than Lil Grizz. No, and I will tell you, if you go on uh, uh, Hats by Grizz made, by, made with Joy, excuse me, Hats by Grizz made with Joy on uh, Facebook, um, or their Etsy website, but mostly Facebook, you'll see a history of photos. Uh, I've seen pictures of Grizz when he was a little boy leaning up against an old old uh, building, uh, or a house at that time. I shouldn't say old building. It's old now. Uh, but um, the uh, just the history of through, through time, the things that they do in the community, uh, the pioneering type community, uh, everything being handmade, everything being traditionally, I would say, North American uh, in in the early development. But what's special, the development of our country, but what is special about what they do is the way they make their hats. 
And uh, that's why I don't go out and buy a Stetson. I, you know, I could go out and buy a Stetson open road. And when I was at Blade Show this year, I don't know if you guys are hat guys, but I could I lost count of all the Stetson open roads being worn at Blade Show this year in different styles. And they're pressed out on a machine. So, you know, Miss Joy, you, you tell us, uh, Miss Grizz, excuse me, uh, you tell us uh, about your hat making process. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I'll be the first to say there is nothing wrong with, if, you, if that's what you can afford and that's what you want, a factory-made hat. But if you want craftsmanship and you want skill, it's the same as with your knives. Then personal, then you're going to come to someone who does this by hand. We start with, <laughs> we start with um, an unblocked piece of felt. That means it's it hasn't it it's felted at a factory. That's a whole other skill set. Mm-hmm. It's felted in a factory, which it felting is taking the actual fur and making it into a piece of cloth. It's not skin. It's just the fur. Um, we take the felt in a cone. Basically, it's like a kind of a big unshaped Jed Clampett kind of looking thing. And hand block it using methods that date back to the Dutch hat makers in London in the 1500s. In the 1500s, hat making in the guilds was very similar to, say, work in a union that's broken down and, you know, this person does this job and this person does that job and you don't cross over. The Dutch in London in 1500s were cut out of the guilds. They were not allowed to be in the guilds. So at that point is where you first see the name hat maker mm-hmm. because that's where the individual began doing the whole process from blocking through stiffening, shaping, finishing, everything. So um, our methods date all the way back to there. And we also have some close connections that would be for maybe another show to a hat maker in Amelo, Holland. Our little town was named for a town in Holland. So we have some really interesting contacts with that. That's a whole other story. But it's a process that has, what, over 40 steps? Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, it takes two weeks from start to finish, and we work in a batch of about eight. And it takes about two weeks to get through that batch through the, pro- the all the steps. So uh, what I would tell people... It's very, very hot. We were talking about heat earlier. Yeah. It's, you know, our, our shop, you know, the, the work, it's like you're, it's not quite as hot as being in front of your forge, but it's between 90 to a hundred at the blocking table. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Can I ask yeah. a question? Yes. Anybody know who's going to say? Uh, Fisk. Yeah. Pete, uh, Jerry Fisk. Knife maker? Sure. Out yes. of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes, they do. Not personally, but. That's one of his good, good friends. Really? Way back. Yeah. Is he still making knives? Oh, yes, he is. I think he is. Yes. <laughs> okay. God. I so... They ran around together way, 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 way back. Yeah, don't you throw away my knife and go looking for one of his now, Grizz. That wouldn't be right. Oh, no. I would never do that. But you've got... I've got got your knife right here. All right. Yeah, well, it ain't it ain't a tie rail, but I tell you what, it will shave and cut your tongue. So, 
<laughs> Let me. And who was the other one? Who was the other? Um, ja- Jamie, Jamie Harris. Harris. Again, Jamie, Jamie Harris. Yeah, Jamie Harris. He passed away years yeah. ago. He drowned, but he was he a nice belly up in a canoe. Gotcha. So you, you, you. Uh, before I get into that, because I'm going to talk a little bit about that. You also, uh, all of your hats are made. You've got a uh, a wood stove. You've got old stove irons. You've got curling irons to put the pencil coral because uh, for a hat to hold its shape, the brim to hold its shape in the old days, they pencil curled them, uh, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, you know, everything you're doing uh, is authentic to what Joy was saying uh, back a few hundred years ago, uh, with the exception of you're using some hardeners and stuff in them these days that's uh, more... No? no, we use traditional stiffener also. Are you really? It, it dates yeah. back to Marco Polo. Marco. You said Marco Polo. You said Marco Polo. Yeah, go get it. O- Otis here got all excited when we said Marco Polo. <laughs> no, it, it, it it's uh, shellac, lac, flakes are a primitive stiffener. Okay. And that's what we use, lac and denatured alcohol. Gotcha. And gotcha. that that's hat, the traditional hat stiffener. Okay. And he's going to he's got it right here. So Hand he's got, he's he's up. holding a bucket for us and he's holding up. Yeah, he's holding up uh lac. I'm trying flake. to see if you can see it. Yes. Oh, so you just make- they're they're little they look like little gems. They're little little flakes. Yeah. And they have to be dissolved in the alcohol. Yeah, kind of so, like how furniture finishes used to be made hundreds of years that's ago. That's exactly, exactly the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. My, it's exactly the same stuff. My you family. Can use, you can use modern day shellac, but yeah. we went back to traditional, exactly what they were talking about in the 15th century. Yeah, and and that's what I, that's what I think is so cool. Um, that if you are when I go to blade show and knife shows and stuff, I see a lot of cowboy hats, see a lot of unique hats and this, that, and the other. Like I said, I lost count of all the steps and open roads I saw at blade show. If you want something truly unique that, uh, nobody else is wearing kind of like us guys making knives, um, kind of like, uh, Dennis Tyrell golden knife, because I sure do, uh, treasure. And I say I that. I tell no, you. I don't. No, I don't. I want yours. <laughs> no. Never mind. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would trade Dennis. I have a little bit to add on that about the history yeah. of Stetson, you know, belting on the bank of a stream, you know, the legend of Stetson. This gentleman right here, my dear husband, he can go down on the bank of a stream today, catch a beaver, skin it, take the guard hairs out, and felt a hat. He has one that he felt it himself. Holy Winona. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I deserve more of a laugh than that, guys. Holy Winona. Yeah. <laughs> that's a chip and joke. He also if you, if you like another if you like another epic fact about him, he's also canoed um 40 47 years ago, he canoed the entire length of the Red River. 900 miles in 90 days. Wow. That's pretty awesome. There's there's the hand-felted hat. He felted that himself. Oh, gosh, my phone just lost its back. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. The good news is we're the only ones that can see it, so you're fine. 
Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry about that. I forget that. So he has felted his own hat in the past from beaver hair. So that is there awesome. That's, yeah. That's so, a cool. Everybody loves a legend, and there's a legend right there. And and guys, I will tell you real quick that uh, I wouldn't just bring anybody on this show uh, um, unless they they really add something to the community, either as somebody new that's growing and exciting or somebody that's setting a standard. And uh, as a maker, uh, and if you are a hat wearer, I encourage you to go out and see Hats by Grizz, Made with Joy, or you can go to Etsy slash shop slash Hats by Grizz. Is that correct? That's correct. Two Zs. Two Zs. Uh, Or just do a simple search online for Hats by Grizz. And uh, look at all the different styles he offers. And um, the neat things is when you can contact Joy online, it's a one-on-one relationship. It's a... uh, you uh, give each other feedback. She says she takes your order, helps you order, uh, lets you know along the way how things are coming. He has a lot of videos out on uh, YouTube and Facebook. You can look on YouTube, Hats by Grizz as well. Uh, but a lot of times as he's making hats, you'll see your hat being blocked, uh, trimmed, uh, shaped, or whatever online. Uh, and uh, just a really a good family atmosphere kind of a lot like us knife makers. So I thought that's why it was so cool. And uh, Grizz and, and Joy, Miss Grizz, we will, uh, I'll be adding you as a Knives Templar Nation uh, member. While you're not a knife maker, I will put you in a separate category of makers. I one. There you go. And uh, we will put you on there and continue to uh, encourage people to visit your site. Uh Final words, I'm going to try like heck not to fall down in the river uh, wearing, my new, wearing my new hat here in the next week or so up, over, up in uh, the North Carolina. It, it will not matter. It, it does not hurt it if it gets wet. The, the, our hats are made to work and play as hard as you do. It'll hurt my feelings is all. I want, I love it. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, guys, thank you so much. Stick with us on the show. Uh, we are so glad you're here. But uh, guys, if you're in the market for a hat or you just want to see something cool because you're a handmade connoisseur of all things handmade, go see Hats by Grizz, made with joy, made with love. All right. Y'all be blessed. Bye-bye. All right. As knife makers, we all know the importance of quality handle material. Something that's both tough yet beautiful will increase the value of your knives and allow you to build something that your customers will love. When it comes to the handle material for my knives, I choose Swikowski Scales. Run by Sarah Halpain and her mentor Alex Swikowski, they have a combined 20 years experience making handles and knives. They offer stabilized burls, exotic hardwoods, vintage micartas, and some of the best segmented scales in the business. Find them on Instagram at Swikowski Scales or on their website, SwikowskiScales.com. That's S-W-I-E-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I Scales.com. And I think you can get there just by going to Scales by Sarah now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's all you got to do now. Yeah. ScalesbySarah.com. Yeah, because nobody can spell her last name. And I don't even <laughs> think it's her last yeah. name, is it? I think no, it's, her, I think it's or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got some feedback here, and uh, it's really nice. You know, the, the, with the podcast really growing out there, 
we've got 289,000 subscribers right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. No, I mean, nice. that's, that's Dennis Tyrell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, that sounds pretty, yeah. pretty familiar. Yeah, we, we have... We have four. <laughs> They're all us. Dennis, have you have you subscribed to the podcast yet, Dennis? Uh, as in, that's a no. On <laughs> subscribe where? Uh, what do you mean? No. Okay, if he subscribes, we'll be up to three. Okay. So, um, anyway, good, good. I've got I've got some feedback from Mister Jacob Phillips this week. And uh, he's from 6genforge.com, and this came through our instant messenger. And we are getting quite a bit more feedback and uh, wanted to read that to you. It says, hey, Chip and team, I wanted to introduce myself. I am Jacob from 6genforge located out of Appleton, Wisconsin. I have been smithing since 2020 and have recently started getting into supplying materials for makers. I have a new blog coming out next week. Currently, I have Brute to Forge, who will also be highlighting the blog on their site due to our maker spotlight. I've also paired up with Greg from Phoenix abrasives to sell abrasives. I have banners for for them and have been introduced in my blog. Since I started my site in January, I have been listening to all the knives Templars podcast as I have been building everything out. It has been a joy to listen to. I wanted to see if you would be interested in adding a banner for knives Templars to my blog of course, of course. And we've talked about that. He's already got it. And I'm willing to link it back to your website or one of the blogs to subscribe. I wanted to send a special thanks to you and the guys. That has been a great to keep me motivated as I've been building everything out. Then he says in a separate little message to me, I only have four episodes less left and I have listened to them all. Wow. That's pretty cool. Right. That's nice. Awesome. That's really that's nice. nice. Thanks, man. And that's just, that's just one guy with the nerves to to contact my stardom, you know, people don't like to contact people with 289,000, you know, subscribers and they reach out and there's got to be another 279,000 people out there wanting to send that instant message to me, but just don't. So I'm letting you know right now, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Email me. You read everything personally. All seven, all seven other things. actually actually it's nice to hear that and um we're not the only knife making podcast out there uh and i love everyone that's out there and love to listen to them Uh, we just like to do our thing as well and the good news is you can listen to us driving to church on sunday with the family that's true yes sir and if the the preacher sticks his head in the car and says good morning you ain't got to worry about having to (laughs) put extra money in the plate because he because we said something wrong so i'll leave it at that (sighs) he said he listened he said yeah can i interject here real quick talking about i would love love for you to (laughs) i have a quick little story so i got a call once and it was very jovial. Hey, hello, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? And I am trying to uh, figure it out. Who is it talking to me? And he clicked. Oh, is this friend of mine? So I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I replied, hello, mother. <laughs> ah. And he was like, <clears throat> This is uh, Pastor Such and Such. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, what can I do for you? 
Did you uh, oh, did you ask for his address and send a few extra dollars? <laughs> yeah, I got friendly real quick. I mean, listen, if you are in a position of authority like that, don't play on the phone. You know, just just an FYI. See, especially if I can't, me, under, you know. Based on you doing his accent, I would have gone for Cheech Marin or Antonio Banderas. You know? Yep, yep, I yep. I never yep, thought yep. preacher. So anyway, yeah. that was funny. Can you do it? Can you do a Cajun accent, Odyssey? Uh, no, I do not. I cannot. <laughs> not even going to try. That's uh, try. that's uh, Joey's uh, specialty, so I'll leave it he up to him. He does do good yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> he does do good there. Right. So I think he mentioned he likes to uh, work with Pops. No, excuse me. Phoenix Abrasives. That's what he said. All knife makers need abrasives. Plain and simple. Here at Knives Templars, we're proud to partner with Phoenix Abrasives. I used to get my belts from another company, but they spent more time on marketing than they did customer service, sometimes taking two plus weeks to ship my order. That's not the case with Phoenix Abrasives. They're obsessed with committing all of their resources to customer satisfaction. Whether you're using a 2x72, 2x42, 1x30, or something else, they've got you covered. They even carry Rhino Wet Sandpaper. So go to phoenixabrasives.com slash shop and enter promo code TEMPLARS10 for 10% off your next order. That was the great uh, Chris Jones. He's going to be over in Louisiana selling his blades at Mr. Prather's uh, Louisiana Custom Knife Show. Uh, Great, great man. Went and visited his website today. He's got some gorgeous stuff out there. But I want to talk about something that's kind of somber, but it's also kind of exciting because it speaks to the, um, the the nature of knife makers. I will tell you, a year ago, two years ago, I never thought I'd be sitting at this table with uh, Eric Rivers, much less uh, Dennis Tyrell. Um, you know, Don and Otisir and Mark and I were all just starting to come into our own and starting to make knives and you guys make beautiful knives. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Eric's a guy I watched on YouTube and uh, you know, I always, I have to mention Trollsky cause you know, I do have a crush on him, <laughs> but uh, did you see, did you see him in his princess tiara for his birthday? No, he was so pretty, <laughs> but I never, I never thought I'd have somebody on here and, and it, and it uh, like Dennis Tyrell and, uh, Dennis is a cool guy. You know, he's, um, talks, he says he's got a day job, says he's still doing knives as a hobby. Don't ask him to make something he's made before. Um, and, uh, when I found out he, I was, I didn't know if he was approachable when I found out he was Canadian, I was like, damn. So do you like curling Dennis? I've never, I've never <laughs> played the sport once in my life. Would you go watch it? Um, maybe I think it's fun to watch. That's the Canadian man. It's like it's like shuffleboard while standing on the table. See, an American would say, "Oh heck no," but a, a Canadian, man, I think I would like to watch that sometime. There's beer involved. I mean, it can't be that bad. You're exactly right. But but we have we have Dennis Tyrell on the night. It's really very much an honor, uh, not because of your impact on the knife world and also the the magic that you do with knife making materials. But what you're here for tonight, we want to talk a little bit about it all. And guys, please don't let me be the talk and y'all shut me up and y'all start you know, so, talking with Dennis. Since the first thing I want, hold, hold go on. ahead. Since we had Grizz and Miss Grizz on um, talking about beaver hats. Yeah. Why? What, what's the national animal of Canada? Anybody know? 
Let it be a beaver. A is beaver? it a beaver? The beaver. Nice. Why? Why is that? <laughs> you know why? No. Why? Why was a prince? Princess of Canada? <laughs> no. The the national animal of Canada is beaver because the beaver trade when they were making beaver hats at the beginning. The history, that's yeah. exactly why Canada has the beaver as its national animal on the nickel. That's yep. so crazy! Oh, oh wow, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's good. Oh. Yeah, and did I, I watched? Do y'all remember that show with Jason Momoa? Shark uh, Week. Who was the? Yeah, the same guy, but he was on some when his early in his career, he was uh, on some show where he was, uh, it was the beaver like trade back. Yeah, the beaver trade back in the yeah. 1700s or something. Yeah, it was really cool. Show. Never finished though. Yeah, good, 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 good show. Well, that is quite interesting, Dennis. Uh, I'm going to jump into why why I certainly wanted you on here tonight because you talked about us something really cool on, on at uh, blade show and and unfortunately um mr rankin lost his son this year so let's let's start off there because uh, people know who you are but we'll jump into who you are here in a second let's start off with that because i want to make sure that that's for uh, uh forefront in this discussion because of how important it is to our knife making community sure well this started um my good buddy chad kimmel reached out to me and said um Hey, did, did you hear Bob's son um, took his life? He said, you probably haven't heard, but because he had just heard that Bob's son took his life. Uh, he had just um, just come out of the military, just come out of the Navy after eight and a half years and took his own life the Friday of Memorial Day. So Blade shows the weekend after uh, Bob had called Chad going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I, what I should do about my table. And Chad said, don't worry about it. We'll cover your table. But then Chad immediately um, basically just went to work and like started calling people to get a donation knife um, in the works. So Paxton from 5050 Forge and Chad together made the steel for this knife. Um, and then they, it, this was all in the works like during blade show. It hadn't even started before blade show. So we were just talking about it. They were going to make the steel. They were going to send it to me. I was going to make a knife. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. We talked to some people at blade. So I'll give you the whole synopsis. So Paxton and Chad um, made some amazing steel. And I'll start by saying the name of this project is Project Project 22 because 22 veterans take their lives every day. Yeah. Um, so that's where Project 22 came from. So Paxton and Chad made a 22-layer Damascus. And then they forged that out. And then they restacked that with with layers of 1084 so it was it looks like 22 layers now you guys have probably seen the knives 22 layers and then a black strip and then 22 layers and a black strip 11 times to me it looks like the american flag so some people say it looks like waves whatever you want to interpret it as it's got some meaning so it's amazing steel chad also put a piece of steel from tower two from the world trade center in this billet so 
forged it out. They sent it to me. When I got it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so much steel. It was 22 inches long, quarter inch thick, and just over two inches wide. So I – and we were kind of time-pressed because I didn't – we wanted to get this build out. We wanted to make it timely, so I wasn't going to, like, reforge it. So basically, I, I had enough steel to lay out a two-knife set. I wanted it to make a kitchen knife, a kitchen knife set, so it was approachable for everyone. Uh, everyone needs kitchen knives, so it's uh, it's a K-tip Gyoto and a Santoku. Um, so I forged those knives. This whole project has special meaning for me as well. My son is in the Navy. He's active Navy. He he works on the uh, he's he's stationed on the USS Eisenhower. Uh, aircraft carrier in Virginia. So he was already sending me, if it was, it was already on route, he was sending me a piece of a rester cable, which is the cable that stops the planes as they land on the deck. It's a very big cable. <laughs> it's almost probably two and a half inches across. Um, so he sent me a 22 inch piece of this cable. So really big. <laughs> Um, so I used part of that cable, since the steel for the blades was already done, I forged that cable down uh, and used it as pin material, which is very interesting because I forged it down into like a cigar shape and put it in the lathe and then turned it down to 3 sixteenths. I've never turned anything that narrow on the lathe before, so it was kind of fun, but worked out perfectly. Um, Lucas from Grizz... Um, uh, Grizzly Forge reached out to me at Blade Show, uh, and he, he he's, he's on the East Coast. He's worked with um, the guys at Black Horse Forge, and the last tree that George Washington himself planted in his Mount Vernon plantation, that last tree fell November of 2019. I have to interrupt you here because we you've heard, you heard it here first, guys, on the Knives Templars, because Jeff Fader on uh, Knife Talk wasn't quite sure of that. No. He knew it was a George Washington tree, but he well, wasn't quite sure. So just letting you know, it's cutting. Hey, I, the Knife Talk's great. I love Fader and all those guys. They're wonderful. I just want you to know that's a cutting-edge <laughs> moment here on the Knives Templars. You heard well, it right here. I, I would, just in case any historians <laughs> yeah. come after me. We can't guarantee that he did, but that George Washington himself planted it. But he planted most of the trees. Around, I've read some articles. There's a there's a Washington Post article. Uh, it's very probable that he planted the tree. It's not like this is, but I can't guarantee it. So don't come and quote me on it. You don't have to worry about that because um, our our buddy uh, tells us that uh, he made a knife out of the wood that uh, Sam Houston used to take JFK to the moon. So. Um, Jason Fry, Jason Fry, just so you know, but go ahead, go ahead. So, uh, Lucas O'Hara, um, approached me and asked me if I wanted to use some of this wood for the project. I'm like, of course I do. This wood is as old as the United States, almost planted in 1780. Sacred wood. Very sacred. So, and it's the last, it's the last tree. It fell during a, a lightning storm. Uh, the guys that and there's there's documentation. Some uh, um, Civil War soldiers actually carved some markings into the tree, and it's there's some published articles from way back about this 
uh, of them carving this into the tree. You can still see that that marking in the tree when it, you know, when it's the picture of it falling, you know, sitting on its side on the side of the road, like uh, of where where it fell. You can still see those symbols in the tree. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's cool. So so a lot of history um, in this wood. Okay, it is white oak, and as a knife maker. That is not the most interesting wood to use as a knife handle. So I chose to use it as liner material, mm -hmm. but keep it pretty thick so you'd see it. So it's 16th inch, a little more, um, probably a little more. It's almost an eighth inch um, thick and use it for liner material. So you definitely see it. It's there. But then on top of it, I used blue tiger maple mm -hmm. to represent the waves of the ocean because Bobby was native Navy. So I wanted to keep with a Navy theme as well. So you got tower two steel. You've got, um, arrestor cable from the USS Eisenhower, which is not the ship that Bobby served on. He served on the USS Carl Vinson aircraft carrier, but Hey, at least it's steel from an aircraft carrier. Right. Um, and then wood from the George Washington tree. So, um, you know, I, I've got America. the build up on my YouTube channel. You can watch the whole build, at least, but you know, clips from making of the steel and then me making the the knives. The important thing, though, is if you if folks buy a sticker uh, on um, on Bob Rankin's website at Bob Rankin Custom Knives, you go buy a sticker, you'll get entered into the draw to win this set of knives. That's the important part, and the proceeds of this go to help the family. Um, for, um, you know, the, just the expense of losing a loved one unexpectedly. And, uh, I think Bob's going to be, uh, also donating some of the proceeds to, uh, to some of the important, um, uh, charities as well, like project 22. Well, so, uh, the, the, the knife itself almost sounds priceless never be anything like this again i i think so i mean the material that's in it is like it it, it can't be reproduced i don't think you're going to see a knife of, of that caliber material maybe ever who knows it, it'll be in a nice uh, both knives will come in a um a, it's a glass top case it's a, like a black leather case foam inside i'm you know, they're, they're, of course, usable knives. They're, they're sharp. Um, but if whoever wants to keep them as a display piece, they're there. They're set up for that already. Now, now I may, may not, may not know. I see Bobby sticker uh, on, on yep. there uh, under merchandise. Is that where people go? That, that is it. Excellent. I'll be, I'll be purchasing one tonight. Guys, if you just go to Bob Rankin Custom Knives, and, and click on the merchandise uh, tab. Um, let me make sure I've got that right here because I don't want to steer people wrong. Uh, go to the store, Bob Rankin Custom Knives slash store, or just click on the store when you go to Bob Rankin Knives. You can click on the link that says Bobby's Sticker. And when you click in there, it's a $25 uh, to buy an opportunity to be able to uh, purchase this knife, but also to support the family and such a wonderful cause of all these great knife makers coming yeah, together to, to win the knife, not to purchase. 
you you get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. My, my apologies. My apologies. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, yeah, it's an opportunity to be chosen as the uh, through a raffle type system yeah. that'll get it. Correct. Okay. Good. 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 Um, so, uh, wow. Wow. Guys. That's awesome. They, and they turned out really, like, just really good looking. And I, I like that y'all did, or that Chad and them did the Damascus layered like that. It, it looked really cool. Yeah, I think they did a really good job on the Damascus. And I agree. You don't often see Damascus with the layers like yeah. that. They're usually the other way, and you see them on the bevel. But oh, yeah. it was a good choice. I think it was, too. It, it, yeah, it is. It is beautiful. So... For people that don't, because there's going to be some new people on here, I, I do want to jump into this a little bit. Um, when you think of those uh, premier knife makers, and and the one thing you'll find is that I haven't met a premier knife maker that's not humble. So sometimes you have to speak about who they are to other people, and 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 they still don't lose that humbleness. Uh, Dennis Tyrell is with Tyrell Knife Works, and you can find him at tyrellknifeworks.com. He also has a Patreon. Uh, He has an Instagram, a YouTube, and like I mentioned before, 289,000 subscribers at this point. I'm not sure what I'm leaving out, Dennis, but uh, fill us in. Am I missing anything? No, you you got it all, and... And I will say, like, yeah, you guys like, oh, yeah, it's having me on the show, 289,000 subscribers. I remember when I was at 2,000 subscribers and I was watching Eric. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make Eric feel any better. Hey, hey, I'll tell you right now. I told – so I told him and Aaron with Alien Eyes. I said, guys – and this – I think I told Dennis this whenever he had, like – 300 subscribers that it made no sense that he didn't have half a million subscribers from the get-go whenever i first started doing shop talk tuesdays and like viewer submission knives and stuff like that uh i constantly say guys y'all need to go check out dennis's channel y'all gotta go check it out because it made no sense no sense whatsoever that he's not at like where he's at now that's great it's still not as many as he deserves like the amount of stuff that he shows well, people within yeah, the knife community is just awesome. Well, I, I will, I, I will say that, you know, I have like triple T Thursdays. That is, and I've told Eric knows this, that is a complete ripoff of <laughs> Eric's shop top Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have, I have, I have mo money, mo money Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Three on Mondays. So, yeah, no, let let me, let me just ask you this real quick because, um, you know, I, I, you know, we can mix you in and call out all the names and making, how long you've been making knives. Here's, here's, here's flash questions real quick. How long you've been making knives? Uh, Just under five years. Holy crappy. (laughs) Right. I'm who wants to buy my stuff tonight. Uh, number two, I'm just getting out of this. I'm, hey, Stephen, I'm becoming a collector. Uh, I know Dennis, I can't afford your knives. Um, you've been making knives for five years. Um, what did you do before this that gives you that innate artistic ability to do what you do? So my day job is a director of engineering at a software company. That may not sound related at all, but all of my guys are UI user interface engineer. So everything for me is about user interface, about what things look like, um, about design, about, you know, yes, it might be websites. It might be, 
you know, I've always had a, a knack for design of things, whether it's woodworking or whatever. So, um, knives, it's not like I was ever a collector of knives, mm-hmm. but as soon as I get into it, I totally jumped in and, you know, so I, I do have an eye for design and an eye for, you know, what a good profile should look like and a style and things like that. So. Gotcha. Eric, do you see that YouTube uh, thing he's got over his Oh, shoulder? yeah. No, I do. <laughs> okay, just, just, just the, point, uh, point the, that out. You'll, have, you'll, so, you'll get one. So the you'll cool thing about Dennis is he's got a, you know, he's got a good technical mind and things like that, and he can build a, a lot more things than just knives. So it's like thinking through doing his press, thinking through doing certain machine that he, you know, tools to help with machines and do stuff like that. It, there's a lot that goes into other things that he does within the knife community rather than just make the knives. And that's what helps a lot of people. So whenever he, you'll see a lot of people make uh, different types of Damascus. And when they do, they time-lapse through the whole entire thing and you'll kind of wrap your head a little bit around crush W's or this thing or that thing. Uh, Whenever he does his videos, he will pop up on the screen. This is what I mean when I say these words. This is what the steel is doing within this square. And it lets people wrap their head around, oh, that's what that means. That's what that means. Cool. Now I know how to do the tile thing with that. And what direction I'm supposed to be turning things. And there's just, it's a lot of breaking it down so that people who are getting into it can kind of wrap their head around what all the terminology and lingo is. I get more comments on, I really love the graphics in the corner when you're doing Damascus. Uh Everybody loves those. And that's why I keep doing them. Yep. All right, Grizz and Joy and me and all the other people you're hearing that. That's how we're going to have to. That's how we're going to get our uh, viewership. <laughs> up. We got to do graphics in the corner. I'm up to 140 subscribers, and five have gone up since I showed my hats the other day, Dennis. Um, <laughs> the mustache is going to add a few. I'm definitely. Sure. I I look like a good Navy man now, don't you? I? Do so, you do? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. All the guys on the my, ship uh, have mustaches. My call name is Vipe. What is it? Shagman? Just Shagman. Now yeah. it's going to back of my helmet. Shagman. Hey, um, so do you have your first knife? You know, I do have, I don't have it here in front of me, but I do have my first knife. It was a buoy. I'm using air quotes. Um, and it, I still cut down the, uh, the leaves off the palm trees in the backyard with that knife uh, made out of 1095. Uh, so yeah, I still have it. Nice. So when you look at that compared to your current knives, it's just as prized, I'm sure. But what made you? Oh, it has. To... Do you know that it, it, as your name is growing, that knife is probably going to end up being worth more than any other knife? Oh, I don't who, know about who, that. Anyway. Well, I, I I don't know. I mean, who who wants one of uh, Angelo's first crayon drawings? You know, with uh, or one of Grizz's first hats? Yeah, yeah. So, matter of fact, uh, George Washington planted that cherry tree with wearing one of Grizz's hats. One of Grizz's, <laughs> his, his, his grandfather's hat. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, so with with, I guess I'm just uh, you, your your fame 
certainly you've got a great website or, and, and, and a great YouTube page, this, that, and the other, but your knives, your attention to detail uh, is just really what sets you apart because you're a human CNC machine. Tell us a little bit about that. That uh, I, I don't, do you call it go my, the gold knife, go my, or? Oh, it's an oh my, because O-A-A-U oh is gold in the periodic table, okay. so oh my. Explain um, how that knife was made. So that started because I'm most known for doing the kumai, the copper, and everyone used to ask me, could you do it with gold? Could you do it with gold? I used to get that question all the time. And then one day I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, what is the melting point of pure gold? And... Um, it's almost identical to copper. So I figured, wow, maybe uh, maybe I want to try it. The first time I tried it, utter failure. Cost me $2,000, <laughs> uh, my own money, because um, I used 10 karat gold. And I didn't, it was very unintuitive to me that if you lower the gold content, the melting point actually goes down, which I thought is weird because it's mixed with copper, which is a higher melting point. I don't understand if you mix those two, the melting point goes down, but I'm not a chemist. Right. So it was a failure. It was for our da dagger challenge, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to remake it with a different, uh, I had I remade the dagger. And I said to myself, like, I want to do this again. I actually showed it to Kyle Royer at um, Blade last year. And he was very intrigued. And I said, I'm, I'm going to make it work. And then I had a um, Patreon member um david who said i want it i will front the money for 24 karat gold but i want the knife and i said sure i just want the video so he fronted uh fifty five hundred dollars in 24 karat gold and uh the deal was he took all the risk so if it didn't work he got lump of steel with gold in it <laughs> um but luckily it did work um and uh you know there's 24 there's just over two in the whole billet mind you so some of it gets ground off but in the whole billet there was over two ounces of 24 karat gold wow and that's what the knife was um was made with and actually the gold will adhere to steel better than copper it's will it? it's just the pucker factor when you're doing it <laughs> that's for sure yeah, what what was that what do we call it the bps oh, syndrome yeah. BPS. that's right but pucker yeah up, so. definitely hey, hey let, let's take a quick break because i know uh dennis uh when he left blade show he went out and uh had a sleepover over at mr uh, housemaid's house so he wants us to tell a little bit about that if you have not been over to Housemade Industrial at housemade.us and seen what Brian Housewards has to offer, you are truly missing something. He specializes in 2x72 grinders and ribbon burner forges, offering plans and parts to build your own industrial tooling for your knife making or blade smithing experience. That's housemade.us and see the revolutionary grinder, the Apollo Forge, and parts and plans you can download. All right. Well, I'm still working on it, uh, Mark. I uh, at least I don't sound like I'm walking to the executioner's chamber that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That sounded, I'm I'm actually very excited about Houseworks and yeah, uh, and everything that they do. It's just I, I tried to record that today, and uh, my wife had popped a cap on her tooth, a temporary uh, uh, crown, 
So I was in between trying to get that done, taken care of with her and record this for the show. So I just heard it for the first time and I'm like, huh, that man's not going to, he's not going to think I really want to do anything with him. But I do respect him quite a bit. Yep. Matter of fact, the reason I brought it on there and that is because Dennis got to play with that uh, double burner ribbon that yeah. uh, you guys all made down there that, that week or weekend. Yeah, it, it was it was my bright idea that weekend. Uh, hey, let's fill the chamber with some gas before we light it for video effect. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So if you see some of the footage from that weekend of, like, the big, like, fireball coming out of the forge, yeah, that was my bright idea. <laughs> nice. I, I, I found out for video effect the best way to do that is to – take a little Parks 50 on a rag just a little bit, throw it in the forge, and then light it, and then it gives you a nice little controlled little flare-up fireball uh, versus filling it with gas because I've, I've had a woof as well. There was about a six-foot flame shooting out of that, a fireball shooting out of that thing, which looked really you, cool in the video. I bet it, yeah. Uh, so you got it on one take. Yeah. Well, so sure. Had to have. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I can't so wait to do that, man. I, I'm excited about doing the whole because uh, I've been talking to Brian, and uh, I'm I'm doing a Revolution and an Apollo Forge on the channel. Nice. So we'll be doing that, getting everything together for it that I need to get, and then have them send it to me. Yeah, don't do what I do did when you build your Revolution. <laughs> yeah, put things backwards. <laughs> have to make the call of shame to Brian because I built the whole thing backwards <laughs> fully built and then realized it flipped yep. uh, uh, left instead of right. Yeah. And I have a grinder. I should know. <laughs> I still remember it's very that. Embarrassing. Yeah. So, so the, what's the future of this double ribbon burner? Is he going to start selling that uh, in the future or was that just a project you guys worked on? I think he's going to, he'll carry them as like a special order item. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he said, um, but they're pretty specialized. Like it's a, it's a four foot forge. I mean, there's not that many right. people that are, that are gonna, yeah. you know, and he named it. So it's gotta be a product like the Helios. Um, yeah. but there's not, there's not a ton of people actually right now. I wish I had that forge because I'm working on two <laughs> sword projects. Yep. Um, uh. yeah, I think you guys saw the, the oven, but I still am dealing with an 18 inch forge, which is a bit of a pain, but yeah. Right. Well, you know, the, uh, the Apollo that he, he is currently has that people can uh, build, uh, I've used one of those over at Josh Howard's uh, with our uh, Alabama Knife Makers Guild, and thing puts out plenty of heat and does a beautiful job, you know. Oh, yeah. No concerns. But matter of fact, I'm going to be building one as well. I'll race you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just ready. I wish I had it now <laughs> because the thing that I'm doing for our Samurai Challenge is four feet long, and uh, it's, it's going to be kind of a pain in the butt. But I'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, I I saw the picture of that thing. You're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to build a a, a full size warglaive? In, in true Eric style, it's got to it's got to have multiple blades. Yes, for it some does. Reason. That's right. <laughs> so th that that bridges us slightly into hey, what's coming up on the uh, YouTube Knife Makers Challenge? You can tell the folks it, about it. It was announced today. Yep. Well, today when we were recording. Um, the, the, uh, sixth edition of the knife maker challenge is the samurai challenge. Yep. So any Japanese samurai, uh, inspired blade, um, 
we have we, we've cut the field a little bit this time trying to keep it i i've been feeling that there's been too many channels in the challenge um which is it's okay for the participants but for the viewers it's a little exhaustion on trying to watch 20 videos and what i think happens is they look at the voting survey and they go i know that guy that guy that guy i'm gonna watch those videos yeah mm -hmm. instead of watching them all when there's only 11 i think the smaller channel shine more when there's let fewer participants yeah is that fellow over there, is that samurai maker over there in georgia is he on in on this one georgia who's in georgia Y'all don't know the samurai sword maker in Georgia? He's teamed up with Pops Knife Supplies. Oh, you talk Walter? <laughs> yes. I just didn't know he was in Georgia. Is he in Georgia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, he is, yeah. Walter is a guest judge. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so good. He, okay, that's good because not everybody, I mean, like, you have nobody else competing against his swords. And I say that jokingly, but, yeah, that that's his alley, man. That's Yeah, that's so, exactly. I, I spoke to Walter at Blade Show and asked him if he would be a guest judge. He's not actually going to be doing a build. Uh, so he's not going to be competing against the other judges, um, but he's going to help judge. And and that means every one of the participants is going to get feedback from Walter Sorrells on their blade. From a guy who's like oh, a professional, part. you know, yeah. <laughs> professional yeah. sword maker. <laughs> Samurai sword maker as well. Yeah. So that that's something yeah. else. Well, guys, here's here we go. And I, I just feel kind of foolish tonight. Until I found out he's been making for swords for five years, and he's a journeyman as well. When did you get your journeyman? Last year, last, last June. Year. So four years in, he's already a journeyman. So, uh, yeah, he's only been making knives for four years. So I guess we just got to vote. You think so, guys? Yep. Oh, we still got to vote. Anyways, yeah. He's, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't get in that easy. So we will. We will go right here. Hey guys, uh, little Grizz and Steven, this is where. We take the opportunity to vote our Pops Knife Supply Maker in as a Honorary Knives Templars, uh, or Templar, uh, which brings him into our fold uh, forever. Um, and uh, we're going to go around and vote right now. So I am going to say uh, yes, because I finally got him to accept me as a friend on Facebook and I don't want to get kicked off. It. That was, that was a hard list to get on, but, but, but also I think that uh, Dennis has a wonderful heart. Uh, even aside from what I'm hearing here, I, I listen to people when they don't know I'm listening. And I think many of us do, but that's when you find out who a person is. And the guy is just something special watching him interact with uh, makers or knife enthusiasts or this, that, and the other at the show or just sitting around the table at night talking with people, uh, you can tell he's he's a person that's interested in people and their well-being. So not only that, but also his wonderful skill that I'm not even going to say I can aspire to, uh, and I don't I say that respectfully, or not because I don't think I can. Um, I just know that there's certain people that pick up a paintbrush and. Uh, I'll just say, sir, you're a Michelangelo of knife making, and there's there's a few of you out there, but you're one of them. So, yes, you get my vote. That was long, but there you go. Otisir, you can't just go, yeah, man. <laughs> um, 
I would say no. Uh, he kicked me out of his Facebook friend request. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's okay because I had to. I had to talk to him personally to get back in. He respectfully said, "I'm sorry because of all the requests. I only let in friends and family." And then I saw Eric in there, and I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> I'm friends and family. That's right. I guess. Well, from, from no, what no, I yeah, man, you go ahead. You got, yeah. you, you got my vote. Come on. <laughs> uh, Otis here. When when are you doing your journeyman test? Uh, I'm not affiliated yet, but uh, soon. You need uh, to. I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about joining the ABS. I just. Well, you haven't, haven't joined uh, yet. You haven't even started the clock. Nah, man, I, I've been uh, hesitant. I don't. I don't know if my work is good enough. Oh my God! I'm... Yes, it is. What are you doing? <laughs> right? You. I'm asking you because I already think it's good enough. <laughs> yes. I think you need to start the clock at least and and uh, and yeah. get into the ABS. You're... You need to talk to Jason Fry. Get in the guild and go ahead and get your two years in so you can submit your five knives. You were so already there. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Your, your random knives that you just make because you're bored. Uh, are better than a lot of people's journeyman's knives that they start with. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so hey, with well, that, he gives the uh, overwhelming heck yeah, Dennis, you're in like flat. I'll, uh, I'll jump in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you got my vote. Yeah, <laughs> although you kicked me out of your friend request, you got my vote. Don't worry about it. I, I, I forgive you. <laughs> Mark, can we get a you're drinking my soupy Guadalupe? That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, I, absolutely. The, uh, you know, I think one, one of the key factors is, uh, you know, I think this is a, the same for Eric and, and Dennis is that, uh, you know, t- to be able to uh, take a, a very skilled technical uh, um, subject, but, but be able to have somebody watch that and feel like uh, I can do that too. And, and I want to try that, right? Because you, you, you break it down into, into steps that, uh, are understandable and, and uh, you know, and presented in, in a great way, right? And so, you know, I think really uh, that's what the Knives Templar is about, right, is to uh, really foster that skill, uh, you know, in, in uh, like you said in the beginning, Chip, you know, uh, you know, young, new and aspiring and, and experienced knife makers. And, and you do that perfectly. So I think, uh, you know, you have been a, a Knives Templar for a long time, but now we formally could vote you. Uh, I do get my vote, yes. And and you said something even even the newest makers like Dennis Tyrell. Yeah. That's right. And 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 you know to to you know you inspired like my second. Uh, this is my second uh, um, you know hidden tying knife, and oh, and it, nice. it looks a little bit like a Dennis Tyrell original there. I think because I I, I used uh, his and and Eric's uh, uh, you know page to. Uh, YouTube channels to, to get that. Very done, cool. So. Looks good. <laughs> hey, Dennis, does that look like a Dennis Tyrell original? It, it looks like Just one of my stretcher models. Exactly. It, it does. It does. Right. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, Speaking I printed the page and then I kind of tried to trace it on the YouTube channel. I mean, I don't know. Speaking of that, we need to have the YouTube knife makers flesher challenge, flesher challenge. And we'll talk about that later. All right. Our, our, our guest tonight, just because we can, Stephen Prather, yeah. Louisiana Custom Knife Makers Association, Presidente. What do you yes, say? Sir. Should we let him in? Should we let him in? Absolutely. Great craftsman. Love his work. You tell him you got a, a table for him down in. Uh, oh, Gonzales? come on, come on down. We'd love to have you. All right, all right, all right. Well, Miss Joy and Grizz, what do y'all say? Should we let this guy into our group? 
We got. That's a yeah. I was going to say we got we got thumbs up like Caesar. We didn't get thumbs down. We got thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> and with that, the final and the gentleman with veto authority, oh. who can send us all the way back to the beginning. I just gave you that veto for this show, Don. You don't have it after the show. Um, <laughs> Don, the train Watson says. Oh, yeah. Welcome. Dennis, you are in. Uh, if one of the guys wants to part with their T-shirts, they'll send it to you, preferably one that's not stained. Uh, we also want you to know that uh, uh, you have no spending authority. You do not have any. You can't submit any expense reports. Disclaimer. Uh, I will take you to... I will take you to lunch and buy you a cheeseburger, but do not expense one to me with any receipts. I will have to turn that down. And finally, and finally, uh, your annual subscription to being knives Templar is a, uh, I don't know, pocket knife you've made. I'm just fine with that. (laughs) I've made one pocket knife in my life. (laughs) There you go. And, uh, and, uh, with all that being said, um, Thank you so much for coming on, uh, and and thank you for coming on and showing people just what a normal guy you are. Because people, we 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 put makers like you and makers like Eric and stuff out on pedestals. And when I even first approached Eric, um, the uh, I was a little intimidated, and uh, come to find out that that uh, he's he's just a weirdo and a lot like me. So uh, I like him quite a bit. Right, right. So yeah. Uh, yeah. so so. So who brought us here tonight, Mark? I don't know who brought us Pops here. Pops Knife Supply was started 40 years ago and is owned by four professional knife makers. Andy Roy of Fiddleback Forge, Alan Searles of W.A. Searles Knives, Joey Berry of J.B. Knife Works, and Dirk Lutz of Dirk Lutz Knives. Make a great team of owners carrying on the traditions and business started by James Poplin. Over four decades in business is a testament to the best customer service with same-day shipping on weekdays. Pops only charges actual shipping and any shipping differences are refunded on your orders. Everything you need to make knives from grinding, steel, pin stock, heat treating, and more can be found at Pops. Visit them at popsknife.supplies. And now, back to the show. Well, Jason Fry, welcome to the show, my friend. I tell you what, I love the fish you're catching up there in Alaska. Uh, but to be able to call in tonight, man, it sure was good. I think that you wanted to talk to us a little bit about heat tonight. Is that correct? Hey, this is Jason. For today's tip, I want to talk a little bit about uh, heat. Uh, as many of you know, this week in particular, it's been blazing hot all across the south. Uh, We've had 107 here over in Texas. I saw a similar out in Atlanta. Anyway, way crazy, stupid, insanely hot, right? So that's a good time to do the inside work, to do your computer work, to do your design work, buy your supplies. But some of us are hard-headed and are going to go outside and work anyway uh, in the knife shop. Uh, Or some of us are, are fortunate to have outside jobs, which this time of year is a little less fortunate. Anyway, so a couple of words about heat. Um, The most important thing when working when it's too hot is hydration. So you got to drink. You got to drink before you're thirsty. You got to drink when you're thirsty. You got to drink after you're thirsty. You got to uh, drink, 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 drink. Water's good. Gatorade, something like that is fine as well. 
but I will say it this way. If you wait until you're thirsty to take your first drink, you're already running behind, right? So you need to start drinking in the morning, keep drinking all day long. And then when you give up working, go ahead and drink another quarter or two uh, while you're sitting in your easy chair cooling off in the evening. Breaks are another good thing to do. You know, walk in the house and sit down for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Also know the signs of, of heat exhaustion and heat stroke. So if you stop sweating, that's bad, guys. That's real bad. Uh, before that, you might get a little lightheaded or nauseous. Listen to your body and pay attention to those signs and take care of yourself. It's crazy hot. It's a hard time of year to make a knife. But uh, those of us that are going to do it anyway, we can do all right if we take care of ourselves. Catch you all next time. Thanks, Jason. I uh, appreciate it. You go out and catch some more halibut for the halibut. I, I see you've been uh, posting and uh, again, trip of a lifetime and uh, probably don't have to worry too much about staying cool up in Alaska, but yeah, making sure that uh, during this time of year, uh, heat illness catches on you up on you before you realize it. Mm -hmm. When, uh, when you realize you've got heat related illness, your body's already going into a shutdown shock mode. So trying to preserve itself. So working out there in the heat, and even in the winter, when you're working in the cold, make sure you're taking care of your body because you only got one. So thanks, Jason Fry. I am so glad that we've got the team that we've got on here tonight because we're going to talk about something very cool. And that is handle fit and methods. And that being said, uh, everybody on here, I respect their handle fit and the methods that they get there. So I'm going to open up to you guys. I'm going to listen and learn handle fit and methods. Take it away guys. <laughs> well, you know, we all got different, uh, different methods, but pretty much all of them are just versions of the, the same thing. Uh, whenever I was starting mine, I watched a lot of people's channels, figured out what they wanted to do or what they do with theirs, what epoxies they used, uh, flattening the scales, what happens when you get certain materials too hot and get warpage in your scales, um, doing things like fit-ups on hidden tangs. I've talked to Otis here. I've watched plenty of Dennis's videos, Aaron over at Ailey Knives whenever he was making videos. Uh, and, you know, it's it's watching the people that would actually break the, the process down for you so that you can see why they were making some of the decisions that they were making. And that's, what's good about some of us that do the, the YouTube videos that might not get a billion views, you know, doing an educational YouTube video is not going to get you a super viral video, teaching somebody how to do fit up on a hidden tang. You, you might get 15, 20, 30,000 views off of it, but you're not getting 25 million uh it is just it is what it is and and we do those videos because we want to try and help people out and you know help elevate people within their knife making but uh for me when it comes down to good fit up it's taking your time and not trying to rush it you'll see a lot of people that are trying to knock out like 50 60 100 knives and they're slapping their handle scales on the side of it and then they're just shaping the hell out of them and they're getting it all done quick. There's not a whole bunch of clean work and taking the time to make sure your scales are flat. 
making sure your yep. pins are like your pinholes are nice and even and you didn't waller them out and now you got epoxy filling in part of a hole that's not the color of your pin or your scales. Uh, yep. So it's just just taking your time and making things square, making things even, making things fit together. Uh, I love small things that uh, that Otisir does whenever he's doing his guards and taking the time to fit them perfectly same thing with dennis dennis does his with like his engraving tool like kyle royer and all that where you like reset your ricasso into your guard taking the time to do stuff like that is just awesome and i, I think people should should be willing to do that and not rush i mean what made y'all decide to start doing that to actually elevate your fit and finish to that point was it when when I was testing for JS, I went to my master smith and he said, this is how you set a guard. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, hammer it on so that it makes a mark, then get a high-speed rotary tool and take it out and then hammer it on again until it's recessed because then you know there's no gap. Yeah. See, I, I love that. And then Otis here, what, what's your your process, like whenever you're – getting everything together because i know that you're kind of ocd and you want that knife to be perfect uh what are you doing to make sure things are square um uh, i I will use the the something i heard on the internet i don't know i just do you know i start (laughs) scratching and the next thing i know you know i keep on going until it you know i'm happy with the final result uh one two that one (laughs) <laughs> One tool that I use a lot is a file guide. Yeah. I don't know. I heard it on the internet, so you know, some some somebody said. So I mean, I'm I'm using it. Uh, one thing I use a lot is a is a heavy um, a file guide. You know, really fat one. Uh, probably a, a inch square each side of my file guide, made out of D2, hardened, and then. Um, uh, you know, uh, ground to, you know, two perfectly flat surfaces. You know, that's how I, I set my uh, my guards and then everything follow after that, you know. But, you know, I just... Just I do. Know, I, I start grinding <laughs> and, you know, I go for it. You, you want a good tip I got from my master smith, Michael Vagnino, is look, look down your knife from the tip down to the guard. This is for not full tang fit-ups. Or sorry, hidden tang fit-ups. Um, take a mirror and sit it on top of your guard and look down the blade. You will know right away because of the reflection if your knife is canted either way. Okay. If yeah. it's perfectly straight, you'll know. Yep. Because the mirror is sitting on the guard. Uh, so it's a really good tip. If you want I to used make the, sure. I used that mirror technique once when I did a um, antler uh, for for the handle. You know, mm-hmm. to, to know if the uh, if the antler is properly squared to the guard. You know, you shape it and you put it against the mirror, and you look it on both sides, and you're gonna see if that if yeah. the reflection is towards one side or another, or is up or down. Yeah. So you know, you actually square it against the mirror and then you can see it if it's to one side or another so yeah i mean yeah 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 yeah. i mean i don't know so on a 
on a full tang knife, Jason uh, Fry was telling me at Blade Show because they had all the people uh, trying to uh, pass their guild uh, reviews. And uh, he said that a lot of people overlook that, that they have those gaps on their full tang and they're just filling them in with black glue, you know, coloring their glue or they're pressing um, their micarta, paper micarta deep in as they can. They said they're really not getting those beautiful, beautiful flush finishes and it counts against them. So as far as all that goes, do you, you know, a lot of people don't pay that much attention to their full tang knives where it's going to be covered in a handle. Do you guys pay attention to that, knowing that you've got something that's going to fit flat there in the future? Yeah, absolutely. You you have to pay attention to full tank knives. So to I'll be real with you. It, it's actually, to me, it's easier uh, a lot of times with the way my brain thinks to do a hidden tank knife than a full tank knife sometimes. Uh, that might sound weird, but whenever you're shaping a handle that's all one material. You don't have to worry about saying sanding at different speeds. You don't have to worry about the steel uh, not sanding as fast as the wood. You don't have to worry about uh, a lot of different things. Um, what were you going to say, Otis here? I was going to say with the yeah, with the hidden things, right? Um, I've encountered um, a couple of situations where even though the wood is stabilized, mm-hmm. right? Some areas yeah. are harder than, you know, right next, you know, eighth of yep. an inch to the left or to the right. So I need to be careful there. I agree, um, I agree with also, that. Also, when you're doing a hidden tank and you're using a, uh, a hybrid block, yeah. right? The, uh, the wood grinds different than the resin. Than the resin. So, you know, just, just a little FYI there, just don't, lean in and uh, try grinding all the way really fast take your time and just yeah. start feeling it and you should never don't lean in <laughs> to, to yours and, for, and don't be afraid of hand files yeah <laughs> i do that all the time i do a lot of I... hand sanding uh i will cut the strip of my uh, sandpaper and i will do a lot of that um the what's it called man shoe uh, polishing those, um, shoe polishing technique shoe yeah i would do a lot of it you know especially on my handles uh this let this latest buoy uh buoy ish i made you know it's almost perfectly round right uh, on, on the handle shape in there and most of it was done by the uh the shoe polishing uh technique right there yeah and it's smooth and wow you know really nice I don't know. No, it's, uh, that that helps. I mean, at first, whenever I first started, people seeing people do that, I was always thinking, I don't know if that's going to work out as good as as they're saying. And then I tried it a few times, and I was like, oh yeah, that's actually pretty awesome. Uh, one of the things I started getting used to or started doing more is uh, slack belts, like in the scallop belts. Man, I I love uh, scallop belts absolutely those uh getting into all the little crazy areas inside here and really getting a profile those is like i i just i, I love a, a slack belt and uh, <laughs> i tried it i tried it didn't like it um what i did uh on the grinder was removing my my platen uh-huh and I have just the belt going, 
Yeah. And I give it a little bit of slack in there. And I will have my hand inside on, on, on the back of the belt, pushing against the, the handle, right? So one hand, I have my, my knife there. And the other hand is on the inside of the belt, pushing against the, yeah. the belt and massaging all those areas in there. So, you know, that works good. Just make sure you wear some kind of a... Some kind of a glove. <laughs> you don't want that thing <laughs> yeah. burning your, the tip of your fingers off. It gets really hot. Well, some of y'all yeah. have those have VFDs, and y'all can slow the belts down quite a bit. Me, like I said, every single time I show my grinder. I haven't grinder, got enough VFD yet. I mean, I've been thinking about yeah. it, man. <laughs> Wait, my thing is full throttle. <laughs> Boom, as soon as you flick that switch, it's whoop, all the way. <laughs> it's it's you and me, Otis here. Yeah. We're the only people doing that. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the the coolest things I've learned over the last year is it, since I got that Ameribraid is that you can actually turn the variable speed down and not not go uh, light speed on everything. That's very hard to do when you're used to going light speed, but Ameribraid for me always comes through. Hey listeners, let's take a moment today to thank one of our sponsors for today's show, and that sponsor is Ameribraid Grinders. Eric and Kevin over at Ameribraid have sold thousands of these grinders and they are super nice guys and their customer service is excellent. I would know I've been personally using their 2x72 grinder now for two years and it has changed my knife making to a whole new level. So if you're in the market for or looking to upgrade from that 1x30 or 2x42 then give Ameribraid a look. There you'll find they have three packages of grinders to offer. They have a mastery package foundations package and a get grinding package in which all of them come at different price points so i'm sure you'll find something that'll suit your needs as a knife maker also ameribraid has a ton of innovative attachments for their grinders so listeners you can find out about all of this at www.ameribraid.com go give them a look see what they have to offer today and now back to the show so steve i, I was gonna Stephen, he, go ahead. I was going to say, Stephen, I don't think he sounded very Cajun. He was using his radio voice, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was definitely using his radio <laughs> yeah, voice yeah. for that. I've heard him when he's been yeah. drinking the Knob Creek. He can go quite Cajun on you. So, <laughs> oh, anyway. absolutely. He's he's from he's five miles from my hometown, so he's he's definitely a coon ass. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Rivers, I interrupted. No, you. I was going to say, I, I know we talked about a bunch of stuff in, in that little section. The best part or the easiest way to have a good handle and good fit up and all that stuff is to take your time, take your time and yep. uh, make sure things are flat and square. And uh, don't before you start, <laughs> before you start a hundred percent. And uh, just, it's it's all about taking the time. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff and make all kinds of crazy things, but if the fit and finish of a knife isn't your focus, then you're, you're never going to progress yourself. Uh, and one I would have thing. to say, okay, go right ahead. Yeah, one more thing, right? Uh, a little trick I picked up um, is you're right-handed – and you're feeling that knife when you're working with it and everything feels comfortable and everything, try feeling with your left hand. Grab it with your opposite hand, with your weak hand, and feel that knife That's with the point. weak hand, right? That will tell you right away if you have some hot spots that is there 
and you haven't noticed on your dominant hand because when you're used to using your right hand, it gets stronger over time, obviously, right? So when you grab something with your with your other hand, you, you will be able to tell some discrepancy there, a little hot spot, a little thing that is off, right? So ju just try that next time you're working with the, you know, making a handle, you know, just try feeling it with your with your weak hand. It's, it's something that I, I've learned and it helps me, you know, quite a lot. It's a good point. It's a little. So, yeah, it is a good point. So much so I would like to say we'll just dedicate this to the Rivers experience. Hey, guys, what was your source of inspiration when you first decided to make knives? You know, many go to the books and also some go to the web, uh, but many also head to YouTube for videos. Well, you know, we are fortunate enough to have Eric Rivers from the Rivers Experience as a co-host on the Knives Templars. But you know what? He's also a sponsor. And I tell you, 27,000 followers can't be wrong in following his skilled and educational regular videos that teach the fine arts of making beautiful knives. I know because I'm a subscriber to his channel and I learned at my pace and without making those mistakes by walking in the dark regarding knife making. Be sure and check out his channel, The Rivers Experience, on YouTube or his website at theriversexperience.com. And now back to our show. So coming back to the show, I would say that guy about 10 or 12 episodes ago that said, I'm not funny and I play too many uh, commercials is probably having an epileptic seizure right now. <laughs> We've had a couple <laughs> of commercials. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we we got to get them in there. We got to let people know. We gotta we're we're going to have to update that with like a random voice that just says uh, 30 7,000 subscribers instead of 27. I know, but it gives us the opportunity for us to say that. Actually, you know, I'm getting ready to shorten some of the ads because we do have a lot more uh, people interested in, in running things on here. And I don't want it to be two hours of nothing but advertisements, but um, we'll probably start running some 15-second ads rather than these minute, minute and a halfers and keep talking about knife talking because uh, – People have known for 37 episodes that uh, Eric Rivers provides that great education, whatever, however I said that. Every time I listen, I'm like, why didn't I just record the word education? And couldn't know. Yeah, right. Uh, guys, we're going to wind down, but uh, Eric, you did something pretty cool this week, and uh, you better watch that Dennis Tyrell. You'll never know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I, I know he's got uh, – I've got uh, – magic mondays and you've got knife talk tuesdays and he's got thursdays with dennis i'm sorry dennis what do you call that because people may want to see it. <laughs> triple, triple t thursdays yeah there we go there we go um so um um with that being said uh you started a new segment where you're doing a live broadcast and on this particular one you talked a little bit about handle ergonomics and shape so yep. I wanted to offer that up to you and the guys to talk about for a few minutes because we're going to be winding down here. But go ahead and jump on in and let us know. Well, like I like I said in the live stream, uh, your handle ergonomics are probably to to me it's one of the the most important parts of a knife. Uh, you know, you want your heat treat to be great because it needs to be heat treated for its intended purpose. But if you put the wrong handle on a knife it's not going to be something that's going to be used. And if your handle is uncomfortable, people aren't ever going to use your knife. You can make the most yep. beautiful knife in the world with the most uncomfortable handle and no one will use that knife. Uh, it just yep. won't happen. And 
Make or break? Yes, it is. So thinking through the ergonomics for the t- intended task of a knife, you know, you're, you're not putting a crazy Coke bottle fighting, you know, Persian fighter handle on a chef's knife. Whenever you go to Blade Show, you'll see plenty <laughs> of chef's knives yeah, with those handles on them. <laughs> there, there will be... There will be quite a bit of chef's knives that have these crazy over-profiled Coke bottle uh, Jason Knight Kukri uh, handles on them. And you're thinking, what? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the, uh, every time, I, if, I, if I bring a different person with me to Blade Show, we walk around and I'll, I'll, I'll point all that stuff out to them. Uh, and... It just kind of cracks me up because the knives look beautiful. They look absolutely beautiful. The, the handles that are on, like what I'm holding in my hand right now, these are awesome looking contoured handles and they make for a beautiful handle on a knife. But a chef's knife yeah. is supposed to have a chef's knife handle. It's supposed to be. So what would you think would be a, a, a beautiful and work uh, workable uh, handle on a chef's knife? So that's an open question for you know everybody here. Look, you know, look at Eric, the donation Dennis, set, right? <laughs> <laughs> something that's sleek, something that has uh, takes your knuckles away from the chopping board, something that can be held in a pinch grip real easily, uh, something that doesn't weigh a whole lot, and um, I mean a lot of those things you, you got to think through. What the knife's going to be used for? Is it going to be something that's going to be a rocking chopper to where you need to make sure your knuckles are off the cutting board and maybe you need your handle angled up a little bit. Um, it, there's a lot that goes into handle ergonomics, but it's also, if you're going to use one, that's a chopper and you need to keep that thing in your hand, it needs to have a flare on it or something that makes it to where you're not flinging it out. I, uh, I watched a simple little life video like two years ago and he made this uh i I don't know if it's called a chanto or whatever it was it was like a chopper tonto knife and uh it basically had one swell it was your palm swell and it tapered to almost a point at the the butt of the handle and you're looking at it and you're going Man, he just used like three-eighths of an inch still to make this knife. It probably weighs a pound. It's ridiculous. And he's got this handle that looks like it should go on a paring knife. <laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? How does that make any sense? The first time you go to chop with that, it's going to fly out of your hand. Uh, stuff like that. Thinking through, you know, when I finish a knife, I always go to my wife and I say, "Would you like to hold this and tell me what you think?" And she always says, "I don't like the handle; it's too small." But I, everybody else feels my handles, and they're like, "Oh, this is perfect." So I just, I just like, well, then how's it look? And she's like, "Oh, it looks great. The handle's too small." I said, "I don't want to hear that. How's it yeah. look?" So- <laughs> most, I thought you were going to say the opposite because yes. most yeah. men. When you hand a knife to a woman, will say the handle is too big. Correct. That's uh, what happens with boom. me. <laughs> When it comes to chef knives, my personal opinion, you can do whatever you want to the back of the handle. I'm talking a chef knife, Uh not like a knife you're going to use for processing food, not a chopper, a chef knife. It doesn't matter with the back. No one holds a knife unless you're not a, okay, I'm going to say you're not a good chef. 
you don't hold the handle like this with a power grip. You're using three fingers, two fingers and a thumb, and you're using a pinch grip. The front of the knife, yep. the way the handle is beveled at the front is more important than the back of the knife. It better be tapered at the front so it's not uncomfortable to use. One of my pet peeves on any knife is when someone does the handle, the front of the handle scales is a 90-degree angle to the blade. That drives me nuts. Yeah. Yep. Every knife should have a taper there, um, yeah. and especially on a kitchen knife because yeah. that's where you're going to hold it. I agree, and my wife may be a... Um... Related to Big Hand Dave, I don't know. <laughs> so that was my whenever I did the live stream, and my, my wife came in. She was watching the live stream, and she was like, yeah, "We're gonna." She was like, "Just let me come in the, the shop real quick," because I do that. I put my knife in her hands all the time, and of course, she's the one that always says it's it's bigger, uh, it's too big, or something like that. But uh, I was trying to explain in that part. Uh, if you especially if you're making a commission piece for a woman, you need to make sure you're sizing your handle down uh, to fit that person's hand. Um, it, it's it's important. I mean, the same thing for if you're making a commission piece for uh, a chopper or a big old buoy. I, I'll have people measure the width of their hand to make sure that whenever I make that knife, that it's going to fit that person's hand. Because if I my hand is not the same size as Big Hand Dave's. If I made him a knife, it, it would look like a three-finger knife. Uh, <laughs> be a neck knife using my size handle. Yeah, I, I've 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 held his knives, his choppers over at the forge, and uh, they are some. There's some big handles and heavy knives. Well, no, they're not heavy knives. They're big knives uh, and bigger for my hand. Hey guys, you know we're go, we're running it down here real quick, and I got one more to get in here for our advertisers. And then we're going to wind her on down and maybe do a little post-show. So just one second. Majestic Forge is owned and operated by Brian and Kayla Horn in Rushville, Ohio. With many years of experience manufacturing two to five burner gas forges, Majestic Forge is your number one source for blacksmith forges, barrier forges, and specialty forges. They are dedicated to creating top-of-the-line forges at a price you can afford. Majestic Forge has supplied forges to blacksmith schools, high schools, colleges, production shops, and TV shows such as Mythbusters. And Majestic Forge is the forge of choice for televisions forged in fire. Knife makers are in luck as they offer forges that come with two or three deluxe burners. Here at Knives Templars, we are sure that you can find a USA-made Majestic Forge to suit your needs. Check out your next forge at MajesticForge.com. So, guys, it's been a, a great show. Joey uh, sounded a little bit more Cajun in that one there, Stephen. Um, but he had a little bit more. But, uh, hey, just want everybody to know that um, we'll have a little post-show here. But uh, questions, comments, product reviews, show and guest ideas, subscribe and email us to uh, knives templars at yahoo.com or you can dm us on facebook in the knives templar podcast group visit us at knives templars.com to stay up to date today's episode is brought to you by the rivers experience tyrell's past knife reproductions housemade dot <laughs> tyrell's past 
Tyrell's my past knife reproductions.com. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly it. <laughs> he doesn't re- he doesn't remake any of his old knives, just so you know. Anyway, the Rivers Experience, housemade.us, last blade standing. Season four has been announced, and uh, we'll be looking at that coming more to life here soon. Knife-wood.com, some of Oleg's wood, beautiful, beautiful wood. Uh, Ameribrade, Majestic Forge, Byford's Guns, Pops Knife Supplies, maritime knife supply you getting your uh your speedo ready mark it's about time to swim to canada i'm ready all right buddy <laughs> phoenix abrasives abrasives and the templars 10 at checkout to get 10 percent off your order uh, our availability is iHeartRadio, spotify apple podcast google podcast anchor amazon and Castbox. i don't want to go without saying guys visit the rivers experience workshop or TRE workshop on Facebook, and also join us at the Knives Templars podcast on Facebook. Email address knives templars at yahoo.com and let us know what we can do for you. With all that being said, we hope you enjoy your evening, day, morning, or wherever you are, and uh, we'll see you on the next show. Say good night, guys. Good night, guys. Hey, good night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. <laughs> good night, guys. Quality base here. The Eagle has landed. monkey sound always scares you to notice here <laughs> it, really, it gives me uh, some uh, some memories yes yes i, I got imagine. bitten by a monkey once you know that's what i could tell you i could see it in your eyes every time that monkey screams you're like you were teasing him yeah <laughs> i mean that, that that damn thing stole my uh, superman action figure and i had to chase it down <laughs> And by the time I finally caught up to it, it was a bit of a struggle there. So it kind of took a a quick bite in my hand. But I I got my toy back, you know. A little blood on it. Oh, yeah. See, I would have said grew up in the jungle. So, uh Yes, he uh, he has stories like that because those are real things that happened. <laughs> that's crazy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to be a whole segment on the next show, and we'll, we'll call it Otisir's Monkey Bite or something. So I'll, just so you know, I don't know if you heard this, Dennis, the night the show tonight is the Dennis Tyrell Family Fun two-hour episode. There you go. There you go. Just so you know. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Hey, um, before we hang up tonight, um, you guys make sure you say your uploads are complete. And Stephen Prather? Shows you've got two recordings going right now, so don't jump off till we talk. But, uh, man, that was a good episode tonight. I thank you guys. We were was. all over the place. Uh, but we had we had some uh, some good stewardship, and uh, it's always good to come together. Yeah. I have a question. What do you guys got? Yeah, same. What do y'all, what do y'all got? What do y'all got going on? And Otis here, ask your questions, but then we can say what we got going on. Yeah, I, ha- I have questions here. Um, regarding uh, wood for uh, – Handles. Um, Oleg's got some nice, nice wood in there, but it's very colorful. Of lately, I've been wanting to get some uh, darker, uh, earthy tones, chocolate, natural. Um, I just finished this on this um, dark uh, sycamore, and it came out really nice. So I've been going towards that theme of uh, color handles right there. 
uh, where would I be able to find something? Because that that was uh, a uh, a one off, right? Oleg's got a lot of um, natural stuff as well. I, I've been there, man, but it's very bright and colorful. You know, it's nice. And it's pretty, but you know, I, I want something so, a little. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something real quick. You can, uh, I don't know if you ever messaged him before, but you can message Oleg directly and say, "Hey, uh, I want this, 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 and this," and he'll just do it for you. Uh, so okay. if, if if you want uh, specific colors or tints or in different types of his woods just say hey i'm looking for this 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 can you send it to me and uh, he'll just do it and uh it'll be it'll be easy he's super super easy to talk to man um and he'll do whatever you need now have you tried bog oak yet uh no you should try some of that i i I got some of that sent to me and uh I'm, i'm gonna be using it in a few different videos but uh yeah some... put it on the uh on the on our uh, uh chat uh you know mess, mess messenger oh yeah yeah i will uh, i'll look it up yeah so uh um, yeah so yeah the, it's it's real nice and dark and um that that's something that i like and woods that i kind of got away from i don't really do whinge anymore uh i i use it on some things i like it as an accent but yeah, that's that's like what I would consider my beginner wood. There's some winge or some paduke or any of those. <laughs> I, I love using these. Like I, I had him send me this specific one. This is a – it's almost natural. Like just the tones and everything that were on it. I, I wanted something that was just earthy and didn't have a bunch of bright colors for this yep. build. And uh, yeah. and he was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And this is what he he sent me, and I was like, okay, I I, I think I'm gonna like this. I, I did the same. I wanted a bunch of black gray tones, mm-hmm. and uh, got a bunch of of handles. Some of them are, I think, a couple are maple burls. Yep. Uh, in a black gray tone that um, look really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll shoot him a message. I got him on my uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger. Yep, and yeah, tell him what I'll you're looking him. for, and he'll hook you up. Um, I've got, I think I've got like 20 blocks on the way right now from him uh, for other builds and everything like that, and um, I'm excited about it. There are a bunch of different colors and a bunch of different new stuff that he's working on, um, but it's it's hard because you go to the knife shows and you go to different things that have you have access to all the different woods and you're looking at it going, man, but I could just get that from Oleg. I could just get that from Oleg. I could just get that from Oleg. Some of the more unique stuff um, that you can you know get while you're there. I'm excited to work with some of those. I bought a few blocks and a few things from blade show atlanta I'm gonna... i bought some stabilized yellow cedar nice uh, oh wow i am in love with that i've only i only bought one set of scales and i wish i would have brought 10 of them yeah hey listen i'll tell you about that cedar i used to own a fishing lure company made handmade crankbaits 
And um, with cedar, you have to be very careful when you're sanding it because of the oils release. So I don't know if that applies to stabilized wood or not. Just make sure that uh, if you're going at it, you've got some type of respirator. Oh, yeah. I always wear it anyway. Which you may you may anyway, but it's just the oils are, uh, I don't know if, they're, if you can have allergic reaction or they're toxic, but we were always real careful working around cedar. Yeah. But that, that actually sounds I mean, good. I didn't mean to bring it in. I, uh, I'm, are you doing that on a build for the channel? No, I no. that was a chef knife for my son. Nice. The one that's on the aircraft carrier. Yeah, nice, nice. Talking about the aircraft carrier, I, I went to your website and uh, that knife looks pretty. I think that's the one that you have right on the, on the front page, right? With all the stripes with the blue handle and the... Yeah, sort that's, of a that's whitish, the donation uh, knife. Yep. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful work right there. Yeah. Thank you. And yep. Yep. Awesome. I, I just the thought it was really the, striking. The, the, yeah, you should have come to Blade Show this year, Otis. You would have walked up to his table. Well, you know, you know, life happens, and uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's sometimes fine. I, you I, can't I just you put your hands down your ankles, and uh, things happen. You know. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm just saying, if you had seen it. Uh, it, you know, last year when Eric walked up to Dennis, he he said to him, he says, "You can photograph it, but you can't make it." And this year, they were all buddy buddy. So. <laughs> I, I was surprised. Everybody uh, was more was more laid back this year. But I just, if I was going to film it, I just said, "Hey, uh, I'm filming for my YouTube channel, uh, and." I'm just doing my highlights. And as soon as you said that, they're like, yeah, yeah. Do you need me to say anything? Or uh, here's these, you want me to hold them? Do you want to hold them? Uh, and uh, it's like the the first time I started doing yeah. that, they didn't realize they were getting free advertisement from me uh, posting their stuff. And uh, this time everybody was a lot more laid back. And uh, Man, that is something that, that, that I still can't believe people will, will say. Oh, you can take a picture of it, but you'll never be able to make it. See, I mean, come on. Some people probably wouldn't believe that they were actually saying that, but y'all got to hear it whenever I was yeah, walking yeah, around yeah. doing Hell this. Y'all yeah. yep. got to hear it come out of their mouths like I was trying to take a picture to replicate the. No, I'm not bringing a PDF file maker with me. Uh, the picture's not going to help me make recreate your knife exactly. Like it's. See, Dennis, he's still he's still carrying this anger. Fourteen months later, and uh, yeah. just, we oh, may want to make it. a knife to get Eric. I'll may, send you the may, design. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We may want to make him. A, we may want to raffle off a knife for some uh, for some uh, psychiatry visits. My gosh, man, hey, let it go. Let it. They go. need to let themselves go because they. They they did not tell oh, they again. did not tell a single person uh, you can look at it but you can't make it that's so demoralizing. Oh, I, he he's he's drinking you, moonshine. You can, you can, he's just an ang- he's an angry. You drunk. can make every no, 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 no. you can I, make every I knife I make. Eric on this one. <laughs> oh man. Hey, uh, hmm. you at least you know you you had a good time this year, but hey, you didn't have a good time. You didn't get any blueberry moonshine and also some blueberry jam, did they, Mark? Nope. No, nope. we got blue. We got. We got we got blueberry jam because of our celebrity from one of the nicest guys, Gary Clinch, in the world, and uh, so uh, you know you've made it when somebody so, walks up and gives you some handmade blueberry jam. It was delicious. Talking about Blade Show, right? Um, have we uh, made any decision as to put in a uh, knife Templar booth in there or a table or something? 
Yeah, what I'm thinking about doing, I'm talking with them right now because I want to do something with hydraulics and put a raised stage with some <laughs> theatrics and some smoke that drop. What are you laughing at? Do you think that sounds stupid? No, I think you'll actually do it. That's... <laughs> it's like, I already got the smoke machine. Up. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, I do. I got what, it on the whatever we're going to do, we need to decide on it like now because uh okay well let's let's <laughs> next week is an off week let's have a let's have a group chat about it and we'll uh figure out what we're gonna have to do, have to, do. to get a uh a booth well, and uh how we're gonna put it you, together. you got you got so. someone on the uh, on the thing right now that has done it several times uh so i mean what do we need to do whenever we're doing that dennis <laughs> to get a table oh, yeah um <laughs> It's interesting. Have you, Chip, have you talked to Blade, um, any of the guys at Blade? No, I'm waiting for them to reach out to me and my celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I need to reach, I need to reach out to them. I considered getting a table at one point um, for the YouTube Knife Maker Challenge so that all of the makers like mm -hmm. Eric and myself and, you know, people could put knives out there and sell them. The problem is you can't share a table. So, right. I never asked them, but it's kind of gray area. Um, uh, yeah. You would have to approach them and, and say, look, this is who we are and this is what we want to do. And because there's other organizations that have tables um, yes. that still sell things, but I don't know, you'd have to, I would pick up the phone and call them and uh, I forget. Oh, mo most definitely. And, and, and Eric had a great idea that we would have a knives Templar table, but they would all wear knives Templars backpacks and they'd be selling their knives out of their backpacks. There was a guy. Don't do that guys. There was a Flipping guy at blade show. Flipping the knives around. There was a guy at blade show with a backpack, even on a backpack that had a little sign sticking out of it, a stick with a thing on it that said, Knives for sale, literally sticking out of his backpack. <laughs> and I looked at Jared. I'm like, is he joking? Is that serious? Or is he just be trying yeah, to be funny? Like, like I think he was actually selling knives. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey. Uh, Probably was at a gun yeah. show. Uh, 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 uh. So, uh, Stephen, uh, do you all allow people to sell knives out of their backpacks at your show? Or do you give them some Cajun justice? No, we, we take care of those kind of people at our show. Put them in the uh, boudin, or boudin or boudin. Yeah, right in the boudin, yep. There we go, exactly. there we go. Yep. So an alligator in the swamp. The way that I was thinking about doing it was having the Knives Templar uh, booth, because when it boils down to it, we would all technically be Knives Templars. Uh, now, if we're selling different makers, that I don't think different, that really... Different brand. Yeah, because... Yeah, we're different brands of Knife Templar we, knives. We'll have to ask yeah. them, though. So we're on the up yeah. Well, right beside me is the Black Horse Forge guys. And yep. there's five makers there, and they sell knives, but they're a nonprofit. So, oh, that's, yeah, that's um, different right there. So, yeah. Yeah, they might. Oh, if, if, well, we're not a nonprofit, but trust me, we're not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. They can, ask, they can ask our wives. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but it's it's gonna be something that, uh, and, I, and I'm willing to talk to them too, or whatever we need to do on that. Because as again, as long as we're upfront as to what we're doing, I, I don't think it should matter that yeah. much. But get going now, because uh, yeah. you'll be in the corner of the back room if uh, you wait too long. Okay, well, we'll I'll I'll look into it this week, and I'll get in touch with you guys, and uh, we'll uh, see what what they can do with hydraulics and, and the smoke uh, machines, and smoke. So. <laughs> 
Hey guys, with all that being with all that being said, uh, I'm gonna have to tune her out here. So uh, let's let the lady speak. Brought to you by Podcast Productions. Oinky oinky oinky. Looking for a brand new or used firearm in or around Hartsville, Alabama? Head on down to Byford's Gun Shop and explore their latest offers and deals. On top of a great selection of high quality and affordable firearms to fit your needs, their staff will have you driving away with a smile. Byford's is a third generation business that has been serving customers since 1971. Started by Joe and his father Ernest, the business continues to prosper well into the 21st century with Jeff Byford's knowledge and leadership. With brands like Benelli, Clock, Six Hour, and many others, you won't go wrong. Also check out their large selection of AR-15s and hunting rifles and many calibers. Byford's carries ammunition, special installation service, knives, accessories, transfers, and customer service that's second to none. Stop in and see them at 510 Main Street West in Hartsell, Alabama, or like them on Facebook at Byford's Gun Shop. Their team can be reached at 256-778-3111. That's Byford's Gun Shop, where they go the extra mile to satisfy your shopping experience. Head on over today. They'll be waiting for you with friendly faces.